welcome back. The suspense is killing us. It's me, your co-host, Kevin Clark, sitting over on this side of the table. Travis Vote. He's over on the other side of the table. I am. And here's Matt Lynch. Hi, it's me. There he is. <laughs> Where's he sitting? I don't know. Who knows? Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> he's in the void somewhere. Are any of us really sitting anywhere, Hello. man? He's like a, he's like one of those poultry. He's like a Carol Ann and Poltergeist, just talking to us from in, within the walls. <laughs> oh, Matt wouldn't. But if Matt got if Matt got stuck in a TV though, he would just not. Call, I would just he not. would just he'd just be like, this, this is, is fine. fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the wall somewhere. It's it's okay. There's an ER marathon there's, on. There's a TV in here. <laughs> I'm in the TV. Never get me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the line? That's no reason to block the TV. There's no reason to block the TV. <laughs> Take that, you lousy dimension. Oh, God. So? This is a lousy dimension. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Shit keeps getting worse. Bad times, bad times. But fortunately, there are what movies, happened? I've been movies <laughs> from the past to seek solace in. Yeah. That's We're true. miserable. I've been really descending. We're miserable, and misery loves company. Oh, my God. Which brings us to our first We're movie. We're fans of misery. Yeah. And uh, they could bodyguard also. And bodyguards <laughs> and fans. This episode is about biggest fans. Yeah, biggest fans. About uh, we're gonna talk about fandom. I don't know what we're gonna call misery, it. Misery, the bodyguard, yeah. and the fan. I think your biggest fan. We were gonna do. We were thinking about doing a, a movie, a triple feature of movies called The Fan. That we didn't do. That we didn't oh, do because wow. there's a movie. There's this movie from the '80s called The Fan with James Garner, Lauren Bacall, and Michael Biehn as the titular mm. fan. Wow. Uh, and uh, then there's this. Who, is he a fan of Bacall or Garner? Uh, Bacall. Bacall. Garner's the cop. Okay. Uh, he is not. He's actually. He is actually not a fan of Garner. There's a line in it where he's like, "Rockford Files sucks." <laughs> I don't care about Rockford <laughs> Files face. at all. Yeah. Wow, right to his face. Yeah, it's fucked, fucked up. up. It's, it's fucked, fucked up. up. And then there's this movie, The Fan, with the Tony Scott movie from '96. And then there's also a German film from the '80s called Der Fan. Yeah. Also known as Trance, seen which it, is wor- really, really good. Worth checking out. I think it was put out by Mondo Macabro. Yeah, I think Mondo Macabro put it out on Blu-ray last year, year before that. It's real ago. good, real good. Uh, it's real good. Got a great like '80s uh, German pop uh-huh. soundtrack, yep. and just a, a really awesome performance by this lead actress. And then there's some controversy about it. Well, yeah, indeed, <laughs> indeed there is. But it's all there's well, all this the controversy. It's like she she was young when she made the movie uh. and signed all the contracts, and her parents were on set. And she, then, like years and years later, was like I, I felt coerced. I felt coerced into doing this, yeah. and then I mean, it's so it's you know uh, he should he said she said kind of thing. It sounds like kind of I, I don't, don't doubt anyway. for a second that she was probably pressured into um, doing something she didn't want to do. Almost one hundred percent certain that she's that she's <laughs> yeah. Just because the paperwork's there doesn't just, mean it was. Cogent. I'm just saying. I'm no, just no, no, saying yeah, that yeah. it was one of those situations where it was like uh, you know the, everybody yeah, right. who made the movie did everything they were supposed to allegedly. Yeah. You know, and a, then, a last tango in Paris sort of situation. Yeah, <laughs> but not. I don't. Not quite. I, there's that nothing. Bad. There's nothing in this movie that's like where it's that bad. Yeah. Like there's there's like stuff where she's I'm she's underage and she's off. she's underage and nude essentially. But there's no like you know. There's no like penetrative sex or, or anything whatever, like that so. in there. It's not that kind of thing. So yeah. So I mean, it's so <laughs> not to like say there's there are it's there's not, okay. not to say it's okay, but there are degrees or whatever. Anyway, but the great, movie is actually great, really really intense and good and kind of about stuff like that too. Yeah. Do we, get, yeah. we get to do swim fan someday, right? Ooh, I, I was just talking to uh, I, I, to uh, Emily about that yesterday course. at uh, Scarecrow. Who said something, and I was like, "What's that guy's fucking name?" We could do one by the, that guy, and she's like, "Yeah, you could do Bring It On, Swim Fan, <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Bradford." Oh yeah, that's the director of Swim Fan. No, no, that's no. the guy in it. He's oh, also the, the he's also in he's in Bring, Bring it, on. it On, and nothing else as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he died. I don't know. 
He returned to his home planet. He made his mark. Maybe I mean, listening. if you're in Bring It On and Swim fan, then you're done. I mean, your legacy is secure for the rest of <laughs> for the rest of eternity. We should find some room for that. Swim fan? Yeah. Oh, for fuck. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. It's all anyway, like high school theme <laughs> stuff or whatever. Well, there's a bunch of other stalker movies we haven't done, like 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 office or career based stalker movies. Like yes, there's the temp. The temp. I want right. to do the temp at some point with Lara Flynn Boyle. Swim fan might fit good with that one. Might feel, maybe we'll find. Yeah, there are there, there are other movies about obsession. I've been wanting to squeeze Boxing Helena into one of these mm-hmm. too. Like, oh, yeah. that, you know, that you're that always to- trying to squeeze that into that box, but ah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to I cut know. its arms and legs off to get it into that box. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you're dreaming. <laughs> Happily, I just want it that movie because I think that movie uh, is a disaster. But that 100. Uh, but Bill Paxton wears uh, amazing, weird costumes in it. Bill Paxton, star of <laughs> Boxing Helena. Mm-hmm. He is not, but he's in Famously. it a lot, and he's wearing like weird leather pants all the time, and it's awesome. <laughs> It's the only good thing about the movie. That's that uh, Enya song, right? Is it Enya? Boxing is it not Enya? I don't no, know who no. it is. <laughs> what is Boxing that? Yeah. I don't know what Enya sounds like. <laughs> Stop it right now. <laughs> Julian, and then her with no arms and legs watching Julian Sands have sex with a lady. Hot. That's the half the movie. Sounds sounds like a real thriller. <laughs> <laughs> White knuckle thriller. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. But we're not doing that movie about obsessive fans. We've got The Misery of the Bodyguard and Tony Scott's The Fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. We're going to start off with, uh, we're with gonna, the good one. We're, we're going to start, gonna start we're gonna off with the good one. We're going to be teeing off with the, by far the best, by far the best one. Sure. Yeah. And then uh, and then it's 30 feet of crap. But I, I am looking forward to talking about The Fan because... Uh, it is at least Bernanners. Well, I'm looking forward to talking about all of these. I just I'm looking forward to shit talking Robert De Niro. I'll one, tell you that one much. of them, one of these, I got some one of these movies, I think is just very solid and just like does it does what it's supposed to do, and then the other two are like f- f- fine and bad. Well, you want to <laughs> just jump right into? You want to talk about the current? Th- no, modern, I don't want to talk about that shit at all. Or do right you now. just want to retreat from that 100 percent like no. I've been doing? I had to block a bunch of people on Twitter because they were like, "She was a racist anyway," and it's like, Fuck "Oh." Off. I yeah, know. yeah, I keep seeing that. I or I like got, when Trump did the said the shit about like the 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 soldiers are suckers and losers. There's like a substantial compatriot of film Twitter that's like super left, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck soldiers. They deserve what they get." Yeah, I don't like Trump, but I agree with him on that. Like, it's like, oh god, you know what? Fuck everyone. Anyway, no, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's let's <laughs> talk been, about misery. I've been let me just say that I've been uh, like really retreating into st- entertainments from the past these last mm-hmm. these last several months as things get worse and worse. She's so been listening to the Chronic. I've endlessly. been watching. I've been watching The Rifleman. Oh yeah, good uh, show. I've, I've he kills watched, so many people yeah, on that show. That poor son of a bitch has to kill someone almost every episode, and he doesn't <laughs> want to. Yeah, but just, he seems happy enough. Yeah, and he's I, not like Rick Dalton. He's not. Does he, does Rick Dalton uh, or what's what's the character's name? Jake Cahill. Jake Cahill relish in killing these people. I mean, he's a, he seems like it. You mean on the Rifleman? No, no in, Bounty in Law. Bounty Law. Bounty, Bounty Law. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is which is inspired by shows well, like the Rifleman yeah. or whatever. Do they rip off the Rifleman opening credits in there, Not or really. do they actually just no. show it? Because it's, it is the finest opening credit in in the history of television. Is it? It's just a close up of. Uh, it's like his boots and the rifle. It's like that's yeah, no, it. it's just a close up of uh, him shooting the rifle like really fast. <laughs> And then it pulls back so you can see like the oh, like yeah. a medium shot, and it goes the rifleman, yeah. and then 
then it pans up, and he's staring right at you while walking with the rifle. He's just looking at you with this weird expression, like shooting these guys. And then he starts reloading his gun, and that's the whole thing. Is it a? Is I it, never get tired of it. Is rifleman a, a takeoff in some ways of those like uh, those Anthony Mann uh, Stuart westerns? Because his characters in those were like kind of these like troubled. Troubled killers. No, he's not troubled at all. Okay, he is a a, a forthright white hat. Um, okay, single father who's raising his boy, and he's always like teaching him how to kill. He's teaching. Well, he's teaching the he's teaching that poor boy like really nice values. Like you should always understand people, and you know that person's got his own struggles too, son. And everybody's you know trying to do their best. But then people will be like, "Hey, McCain, you fucking pull your gun on me." He's like, "I don't want to fight. I don't believe in killing. Killing's bad, and it's bad for your soul." Ah, and then they pull their gun on him. He has to kill him. This happens every episode. You'd think, and he's. Uh, I, I've, I've watched like thirty <laughs> or forty episodes. Hell, man, if you're the rifleman, he's probably killed forty people or something. He seems fine though. Where, where are you it watching? It doesn't that? weigh Is on him, like Netflix or something. It's on Pluto TV. It's on Pluto. Oh, Pluto's it's, good. It's well, uh, it's got a whole channel dedicated to the rifleman. It's uh, it's funny too because he's well. It's like worth noting these shows weren't designed to be watched all at once mm-hmm. originally yes. like they were never meant to be like on a dvd or or whatever where you you're watch like, like 60 or like play all and you watch like a bunch of them in a row so like it probably when you watch some of those episodic shows now it's like jesus christ this guy killed so many guys so in such a short amount of time but yeah people back in the day were watching one a week yeah and they're like well i hope this guy kills somebody it's been a whole week yeah you know but you're watching it going like man this guy could take an episode off it's maybe maybe don't kill maybe don't kill somebody well it's because we also know that he doesn't like killing people. He's always talking about how how sad it makes a man to kill a person. And you're like, you poor bastard! You've killed a hundred people. After a while, and his just, son has seen him, it. his son has seen him kill dozens of people. He's like, oh, Paul, that's you know, oh, jeez, oh, Paul, jeez, Paul, you killed another man. Does the kid ever? You shot him at- right in the face, Dad. <laughs> his head really went all over the place. He screamed for mercy before he shot him again. Is it okay that I like the sight of blood, Paul? No, son. It jetted out of his throat. <laughs> With such force, <laughs> the human the human heart is quite a pump, isn't it? That guys are really just squirted across. After he died, he was still sort of moaning a little bit as the air that was just gas escaping from his, from his lungs. <laughs> when I poke his brain, his his leg does this, Dad. Is that normal? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Don't do that. <laughs> that poor kid can't Be respectful eat tacos of corpses, now. Son. Poor kid can't eat tacos now after all the brains he's seen all over the place. <laughs> That kid's got such PTSD. His, he's like, he wife, smells... His wife saw his brains leaking out of his skull, Dad. <laughs> That's right, son. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be a lesson to her, too. Everybody learns a lesson on the <laughs> rifleman. You gotta try to understand people's struggles, son. <laughs> now that's her struggle. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it right but there. But would you... So you're so you're a fan of the rifleman. But would you I say, love it. Would you say you're its number one fan? Yes. Oh. And actually, at this point in time, yes. Almost certainly, because everyone else is dead. And, and speaking of which... Speaking of number one fans, let's get into misery. He almost died. You have a compound fracture of the tibia in both legs and the fibula in the right leg is fractured too. And as soon as the road's open, I'll take you to a hospital. In the meantime, you've got a lot of recovering to do. There is nothing to worry about. You're going to be just fine. I'm your number one fan. My name is Annie Wilkes. I think one of my clients, Paul Sheldon, might be in some kind of trouble. You mean Paul Sheldon, the writer? Well, everybody sure likes those misery books. They had it at the store, Paul. They said he checked out last Tuesday. Isn't that a little strange? 
guess it was kind of a miracle you finding me. In a way, I was following you. You were following me? Oh, Paul, I've read everything of yours, but the misery novels. You must be a good man. You could never have created such a wondrous, loving creature as Misery Chastain. Very kind. The presumption must now be that Paul Sheldon is dead. You dirty bird. How could you? Let's get into the where, any, the, where that whole yeah where that whole thing re, comes did any from. Any of you read Misery? I read it a long time ago. I feel like I I feel like I read it, but then as I was watching it again, I hadn't seen this since mm-hmm. the nineties, mm-hmm. and then I was like, I was like, I don't think I've actually read the book because I wasn't in my mind going like, like p- picking out the differences because I know she cuts his leg off in the in book, the book instead of instead it. of in uh, the book she cuts his feet off. Yeah, she cuts his feet off with an axe cuz it was fa- the famous cover with the axe on yeah. the And it, and then and the uh, other thing th- I read the book a long time ago. I'd seen the movie very recently cuz it's one of Molly's favorite movies. So yeah. we watched it a couple years ago. But anyway, uh I saw other, it very recently too. I watched it a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, I watched we watched I watched it again for I'm this, just, but uh, the other major change from the book is in the book he's a, he's a recovering drug addict. Right, and that that was one this of movie. This, uh, the book is all about his uh, his struggle with addiction. So it's even more Stephen King, per, even yeah, more like personal the, to Stephen King. In the, the book, he's admitted that it was like, yeah, I was like, this was me struggling with my addiction right. and my work. And well, stuff. I mean, he claims. I mean, I think it was uh, in on writing one of the in that book. He's talking about how he doesn't even remember writing uh, Tommyknockers. I think <laughs> God, one of the, one of his one of his books where he's like he's like I don't he's like I just wrote it. He's yeah. like, I don't even remember. He, he says that he about so direct, directing Maximum Overdrive drunk. as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably around the same time when he was like, just like, whatever. Yeah. He was he was so fucked up. Tommyknockers is a wild book, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so but I, I haven't read Misery for some. And I was kind I was I, I'm kind of glad because I just wanted to know what was different because watching this movie, it is very much it's very much just uh does it it gets mm-hmm. in here's the premise and it just does it. And I was kind of surprised because so much of Stephen King's writing is uh, digressive in ways that I like mm-hmm. and don't like. But like I found, I found this movie to not be digressive at all. At all, like every every scene, even when it's like the the sheriff, you know, there's character, right? Like you got uh, well, fuck, what's his name? Richard Farnsworth. Richard Farnsworth oh, is, is great, but even even like when there's a little character building with him and his wife or whatever, it's in a scene where they're going mm-hmm. to look for for Paul Sheldon or whatever. I just found it fascinating that it was like, man, it doesn't go, you don't see his daughter, like it doesn't cut to his daughter, Paul's daughter, and going like, I, which I feel like a Stephen King story normally would. Mm-hmm. It would be like, here's this, now here's this thing that has nothing right. to do with the thing. And they were kind of like, we're not interested That's in funny that. Too, let's just make, let's Francis, just make the Francis thriller. Sternhagen, the, the Richard, Farmer, Richard Farnsworth wife in this is not in the book. His horny oh, really? wife. Yeah, the wife is not in the book. As far as I'm, if I'm remembering it correctly, okay. that's like not one in the book. Of, one of my favorite scenes is She's like, great. Her, yeah. is like William her, Goldman like, added her then. I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> written by William Goldman, DP Barry Sonnenfeld. I know, right? Yeah. My God, I saw this in the theater, man. I was stoked for this one to come out. I was really and, excited um, for this one. And I love both of the the. It's mostly a twofer because it's mostly like just yeah. it's mostly just Bates and Khan. Oscar winner Kathy Bates, and I think both of them are great. And I think she's so. she's definitely like that thing oh, where yeah. you like Kathy make Kathy Bates a star, like but uh, and Khan is like has the like more of the reactive role. Mm-hmm. But I lo- I was laughing a lot because it is he looks it is like kind he's of funny. Like not not buying any of this. The That's why but he's kind of like, like you believe uh, this is happening to me. Okay, he's, it's he's like he's like one. If like Rob Reiner had wanted to make this one of his comedies, all he had to do is have James Caan look at the camera when she leaves the room and go, "Can you believe this shit?" Because yeah. he's almost he's he's like like an an inch away from that in every scene he's in. And I and I it's I mean great. as no, I mean as a compliment, perfect. like I I think it, it could that could make you take you out of a movie, but I think in this it's like 
even from the start, he's kind of like, okay, well, this lady's crazy, but at least I'll be out of here soon. And by the end, it's like, what the fuck do I have to do? I've been here a really long time. <laughs> I've been here a really long time, and both of my legs are broken. In in the making of a featurette uh, that, I, that I watch for this... Uh, they interview everybody, and Jimmy Khan is like, "Is I thought it was almost some sort of perverse joke that uh, Rob Reiner wanted me, one of the most hyperactive people in the in the world." And then he refers to he goes, "Hollywood's biggest maniac." He refers to himself as Hollywood's biggest maniac. That's funny. And then he strapped me to a bed for the whole movie. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me, Rob oh. Reiner? Get the fuck out!" I did watch a newer interview with Rob Reiner on the screen. Factory Blu-ray, and he was talking about like how like every and every day it was uh, you know uh, James Con. Let's see, James Con calls she J- uh, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, you're in bed. And yeah. He's just making a joke about how funny it was to force James Con to be just be laying in a bed and the then, whole the, and whole, then, like, the whole time. A couple of those days, or maybe a week of the time, they had to strap those fucked up legs to yeah, him. Yeah, those that whoever did the makeup effects for those legs. It was KMB. Bless them. Yeah, it was uh, the uh, you know KMB. Effects guys, Ugh. makeup guys. They did the, that, uh, and the, they did the leg break and stuff. There's an interview with uh, those legs are made out of Jello. <laughs> that's how seriously they put. They made them yeah. out of like tough gelatin, and like that's why that you can actually see them knock oh, the, and oh, break in, open. In the, uh, oh. the the break one, yeah. yeah. The other one that he's wearing all the time are like they just made those sleeves and they mm-hmm. would just put them on him. You know, they're every great. Day. Yeah, that's, they look amazing. That's cool that you point out that that he's like doing that because I lo- one of the things I love about this movie is how like yeah, it's a two hander between them. But it's riding this really fine line because Khan keeps the tension up, not because it's like scary that she might do something crazy to him, but it's like he's constantly fighting with her a little bit. Like yeah. he's very condescending, even when he's pretending to be polite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just like you can tell that he is just furious. I'm, it's awesome. But he's got to contain <laughs> he's it. He's got to contain it. Yeah. He's got to. He's constant. He's never himself. Like she's like, look, I made me. You know, I, look at this meatloaf I made. He's like, you can't get this in New York. Yeah. And she's like, I know. <laughs> he's just like, oh boy. <laughs> I <laughs> use fresh tomatoes and I put. Oh, I, put, I mix spam in yeah, with a little it. Bit of Actually, spam. that sounds pretty. Fucking it does good. sound good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very. I'm just very glad too that it doesn't have like a whole extra fucking subtext thing subtextual thing where he's like a drug addict or something or where it's like this other thing because it feels like there have been movies made since and probably before that are similar where they do put that stuff and they're like it's about this actually and Mm -hmm. you're kind of like i'm so glad rob reiner made this a guy who admitted he's like i'm i don't know i don't know why i was making a thriller but stephen king said yeah you can make this book yeah into a movie, he hadn't sold the rights to it. Yeah. And it was years after it had been written, because it was too personal to him. But he loved Stand by Me, and he was like, "You can make this movie, but Rob Reiner has to direct it." Well, and Rob Reiner's like, I, he, "Rob Reiner was like, I love thrillers, but I'm not like a thriller director." And it actually works really well because of that. Because I think he's like he's, trying his hardest, mm-hmm. and he's and he's like, "I don't know. I guess he, I want to see this." <laughs> he gets the voice really, really well. This sounds both the, in this and Stand by yeah, Me. He nails this, this Stephen King. Totally feels like Stephen King. Like yeah. not just and not just like the cornpone dialogue like get out of the cockadoodie car kind of oh, stuff. Man. I mean that shit's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying <laughs> well, that like, finally the, a, a character that that fits too. <laughs> absolutely that that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean just the way that the characters talk to each other and the way that they bounce around their little world, it yeah. feels very Stephen Kingy. And like yeah, like you said, his books are digressive, and this movie's not. But yeah. like the way that it will go, like okay, well, we need to get this information to a character, so we're gonna have this very nice sheriff yep. have a very pleasant conversation with somebody, and it's just like you build a character off of that. Yeah, well, and I mean, it doesn't hurt that like the the cast is 
across the board pretty great. Farnsworth is so good. Like, I mean, too. yeah, even and I'd forgotten he was in this, and I, as soon as I saw him in the credits, I'm like, oh, great, I love Farnsworth, <sighs> and he's and he's so great as that character, like Lauren Bacall mm-hmm. in her small role as the. Uh, and I've been rewatching The Sopranos, and so that's right the George watched, C. Scott like in Malice yeah, yeah, yeah. role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But Lauren Bacall show up for some stuff because I watch, we were watching The Sopranos and there's an episode where Christopher goes that's to right, Hollywood right. <laughs> and he finds out that the gift baskets presenters get it, award shows are worth a lot of money and he runs into Lauren Bacall at like a pool and then he knows she's presenting an award and he goes to the award show and him and his buddy like they punch out Lauren Bacall <laughs> and, st- yep. and steal her awards basket. They're like wearing masks and she's like fuck <laughs> and it's like I'm like man Lauren Bacall rules. It's <laughs> really good. But anyway, she's really, she's great in a tiny role in this, but she calls up the sheriff and he. He's not like, okay, this guy's missing, whatever, and rolling. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, okay, we'll see what we can do, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, there's genuine... Uh, they do, with Farnsworth's character, they do the opposite of the thing that I really hate in movies when someone's going to die later on, and it's like, we better make this guy, uh, make the audience hate this person right. so it doesn't hurt as much. Like, he is the most lovable character yeah. in the whole and fucking movie. And you know movie. he's going to get it. And it's so really, and it's, it's and really bad for his up poor d- wife. Yeah, his horny wife. <laughs> Who, and he, it's she's, a, she's insatiable, this woman. I love and, Francis Sternhagen. And it's Sternhagen. a great... A great like uh, scene when he does get it too, yeah. like because you kind of you kind of know. I mean, if you've seen it before, you know for sure. sure. But if you hadn't seen it, you kind of go like, I don't know, this guy shouldn't go back in there. But then you also really don't want him to. So when he's just like, huh, and then it's just like his fucking chest explodes. Yeah. You're like, fuck, yeah, a terrific <laughs> effect. It's fucking. By the way, if you like Richard Farnsworth, I know you like the Straight Story. I do. Have, Gray Fox is amazing. I just it's rewatched amazing. the Gray Fox. I hadn't seen that in like 15 years. That movie is so fucking. Yeah, good. it's really good. Mm. Watch the Gray Fox. Just came out on Blu-ray. Yeah. What's the Gray Fox about? He's like uh, he used to be a stagecoach robber, but he's been in the clink for like thirty years, so he's out now. And it's like you know the cars. turn of the century, so there's cars and trains and stuff everywhere. Yeah. So it's you know it's one of those. It's very it's like tough guys. So he feels like man at a time. Yeah. He doesn't really know what to do with himself, so he starts robbing trains now, and it's just a whole thing. Hell but yeah, old it's man very, train robber. Yeah. But it's very like uh, gentle and yeah. like it's very uh, folksy, folksy. Yeah. It's great. But it's also about a train robber who's like, well, I don't know what to do now. I used to rob trains. Yeah. Or I used to rob stagecoaches, and now there's trains and cars. You know, this is funny. Yeah. It's like uh, Richard Farnsworth is great. There's that great scene where he like uh, he he's on, just on foot. They've they've done the first robbery, and he's just like walking, and he's he goes goes to this general store, and he's like, "Hey, is this the road to Olympia?" And the guy's like, mm, "Not about ten miles that way," and then goes inside to help a dude who walks up on a horse. <laughs> And then Richard Farnsworth just goes and looks at the horse, and you know what's going to happen. Like, cut to, he's riding the horse. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, steals this dude's horse. Cut to, dead horse. <laughs> right. He's eating he pistol it. Pistol whipped. <laughs> anyway, watch, watch the Grey Fox. It's, um, it's rad. That horse looks delicious, sir. <laughs> I'm real hungry. I've been in prison for 30 years. We used to eat these. Well, when I was locked up 30 years ago, all we did was knock out horses and eat them. When I was locked up, my cellmate was a horse, and I hated my fucking cellmate. <laughs> Uh, but he he's great in his in like as like the the sheriff and I mean it's it's like the Kathy Bates show whenever she's on though. sure she is amazing oh my god I apparently love- she showed up and did that and then Rob Reiner's like that's that's, that's it he's like told her to stop and she's like oh okay and he's and he's like that's you. You're hi- it was essentially like they're like you're hired. Yeah, you she don't, was, we a, don't she was a Broadway star before yeah. this, and he talks in the uh, documentary. He talks about how he wanted because the dynamic between the two, he wanted yeah. a known quantity to play the author, and then someone that the audiences wouldn't know playing. Uh, mm. What's her? What's her? What's her name? Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes. And, and the it, old and it really house. works the, the way that they are off of each other. So she just so she was kind of uh, other than Broadway, like um, movie audiences didn't know her, and yeah. then just everyone knew who she was immediately because she was just instantly famous with this. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
And rightfully so. It's just fucking incredible. Yeah, it's one of those performances where you're like, just give this lady an Academy Award. <laughs> like, and also, it's for like a horror movie. I mean, it's we're it's on our show where it's like a thriller, but it's also like you know, yeah, a horror movie. And it like, works as well. And both. like, you don't see a lot of like horror movies. There was like that in Silence of the Lambs, like within the yeah. two years, and then and then people are like, well, back, get back to your get ghetto back to regular stuff. Movies, <laughs> you fucking assholes, piece of shit horror movies. We don't like you. You're not real. <laughs> we gave you two awards. We gave you two awards. What the fuck do you yeah, want? Get out of here. <laughs> the other way that it, this movie, I think, does King's voice justice is the just the cinematography, the Barry Sonnenfeld stuff. Because like, I didn't realize that he shot this the last time I watched it. Yeah. Uh, well, I I knew this time, but like when I first sort of revisited after many many years, a couple years ago, I didn't realize that he shot it. And then the first time that Wilkes goes like kind of over the top and gets angry with him. It does this sort of fisheye yep. Barry Sonnenfeld push in. Yeah. And I'm like, did Barry Sonnenfeld shoot this? Yeah. And I like looked it up on IMDb <laughs> yeah, and yeah, sure yeah. enough. Yeah. When you find out that it's that it's Sonnenfeld, you're like, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. And yeah. he went on to start directing almost immediately after yeah, this, yeah. right? Did he do Adam's, Adam's Family like the next year? Probably. Mm, yeah, Something like so. that. Yeah. Pretty, but it must have been pretty shortly after that. It looks incredible, too. And apparently, like, uh, Sonnenfeld had a lot. Of, or is it Sonnenfeld? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> had, a, had a lot of say over it, too, because Rob Reiner, like we were saying, like, Rob Reiner was like, I didn't know anything about thrillers. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so and I went, stuff. so, like, as soon as he got the assignment, he just watched a bunch of thrillers. It was like this homework assignment for him yeah. or something. Thing. And yeah. so- Sonnenfeld was just like, here's some things that we can do. And he's like, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. But that, like- that that expressiveness like makes it feel like King's kind of heightened reality, the way oh, yeah. that it's a little bit sweaty and a little bit a little bit corny, like deliberately corny. Yeah. But it works. But it, it doesn't, totally works. Never, it yeah. doesn't feel like you're not taken out of it. Ever. Right, right. Like it doesn't, yeah, like, like other, other King adaptations, I feel like do it like – a little wrong or something. There's yeah. some of that in like The Mist, a movie that I sort of think is okay despite hating parts of it, right. like the mm-hmm. ending. Mm-hmm. But like it has that it has that dialogue and some of the corny Stephen King shit, and it's like some you go, oh, this part works, and then like the real crazy religious lady, you're like, that's not working. That's, work- not, that's yeah. not working. It works when it works you read on the it, page, yeah. And then you see it and you go, that's not working. And this is like w- one of, and I think it's partly because like William Goldman's script, like. Uh, like pared this down to like the essentials like they didn't yeah. it doesn't have a lot of the like extra shit you get in Stephen King books and it's an like hour 47 movie and it feels really tight yeah I think that a lot of that comes from uh, people tend to play his material too straight mm-hmm. and it's really funny like even the even the yeah. most fucked up shit you're you know he's kind of grinning at you the whole time <laughs> Oh man, I, I, yeah, because that, that's the famous uh, hobbling scene is sure. like the most horrifying thing, it's still and really it's hard funny. To watch. Like you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're I'm, I'm watching it going, ah, oh! <laughs> 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 oh, <no. laughs> it's, it's real, it's bananas. Well, uh, yeah, and and, and uh, Kathy Bates is so into it that mm-hmm. you're sort of like, you're so like, no, don't do that. But she, her character is like, ha ha ha, and you're like, oh wait, because it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, but also like, f- ah, <laughs> it's pretty horrifying. You know, still. and to talk about how they don't. Sh- I, uh, Nicotero. And the Greg Nicotero in this interview talks about how they didn't show they did both of them, but they don't show the second like breaking. He's like he's like Reiner f- assumed people got it the first time, wow. which is but uh, they filmed they filmed both of them, and it's like as a gore hound, you know, you kind of go like, come on, show me all right. the gore. But as a person, you're like, yeah, that's a, that's actually enough. that's a very smart move. And yeah. Rob Reiner's a smart filmmaker who like I feel was. like. What well, was? We're talking. Listen, we'll talk about him in the present tense as of he made these that, during like, his glory during his, his glory, glory days yeah. years before of, like, North took it took it all away right. from him. He, when he when he just yeah, I've made never seen that movie. <laughs> I would love to. Is I've it never really seen that it, bad? 
I got to assume. I've seen parts of it. It is really that bad. Roger Ebert hated, 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 hated it. <laughs> it just fucking sucks. Yeah. It's just one of those movies where you go like, well, come on. And, and he, also, and like, coming from done, Rob Reiner, who had, like... It's his toys. Who had done, like, his so streak, many... He had one of the most amazing streaks ever. Yeah. Like, Harry Met Sally. Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap. Yeah. Harry Met Sally. Princess Bride. Misery. Stand By Me. Princess Bride. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And the sure thing in there, which isn't a de- which is a pretty good movie, John yeah, Cusack, which I'm pl- actually going to rent. I'm planning on renting. Pretty decent movie, but anyway, I'm just but like you know, and then but like so we're talking about Rob Reiner at this point where mm-hmm. he was like kind of just in a groove, yeah, and he could just make a he could just make a solid movie. So you know, but uh, Nick Katera also talks about in the interview how Kathy Bates was like quoting like Texas Chainsaw lines to like wow uh, to nicotero because so so like i think she was like a horror fan too mm-hmm. like he's like oh she oh she knows what kind of movie so she it's like she's a broadway actor who's not a movie but she also you she she knows like exactly cool she knows too. exactly what kind of movie she's in yeah and she's and she's excited about it she's like not one of those actors who's like oh man i gotta be in a horror movie she's yeah. like this is gonna be fun you know <laughs> oh I got, I got a lot of stuff that i'm gonna do with this <laughs> and i got some ideas she is great and i mean it's like all the all the, the whole movie is like you know va- her performance in, within scenes vacillates from her being very quiet and and corny to like <laughs> screaming about how uh, how movie serials cheated people. Oh yeah, I love like I, I love, love that scene where she's kind of like starts off and then she's just screaming about how like but that's not but not me no because that's cheating that's not fair and, and you're she like just gets, what she the just fuck? keeps getting carried away. I like the way he goes. And, you and, mean, and you mean the the, the, the cliffhangers? cliffhangers? And she's like that's not what they were called. No, she goes. No, she all goes right, cliffhangers. Right. She goes. Yeah, I know. They also called right. them cereals. I'm right. not stupid or something. <laughs> like that. Yep, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're yeah, right. You're yep, right. Like I love it because it cuts to James Conn during these outbursts and he he's. He's kind of he's, you're, like, he's like he's you see him going like okay <laughs> keep it together I guess because don't bring that up again don't uh, say things yeah <laughs> yeah the, it the, is a very the, toxic the first relationship. moment where like it, it, I mean much, I'm, yeah. I think immediately as soon as he like wakes up in the hospital bed and you get the fisheye lens of her face like just right in right in there like I'm your biggest fan. like he wakes oh, yeah, up to her going fan. I'm your number one fan like yeah. oh no but then she's sort of like I pulled you out of your car and uh, I'm a nurse and he sees the IV drip coming down and he's kind of like okay oh well i'm alive that's something yeah and then i think he the more it goes on he's uh you know for the in the first like 15 minutes of their relationship it's kind of like uh well this lady's kind of cuckoo i don't know I'm, i better call my manager uh but then the, the, this one moment when she's talking about r- reading his book and the profanity in it i think is yeah. when it first bubbles up where he's yeah. like oh no i'm in really big trouble <laughs> and she and she's like talking about um She's talking about how she hates swearing in books, and she's like, "Now, what if I was gonna go around talking like that? What if, uh, what if Wally gave me a bag? What if I went down to the feed store and said, hey, now Wally, give me a bag of that effing pea feed and ten pounds of that bitchly cow corn? Here's one big bastard of a chick. Give me some of your Christing money." <laughs> This and is that's just hysterical. That's stuff that like uh it's right out of Stephen King. That's man. stuff that's probably straight from the page. Yeah. And that's shit that like you'll hear other actors and other Stephen King ap- adaptations say and Doesn't you're work. like oof. But a lot of times they're playing normal people. But I mean you're even like, why it, is this even regular guy talking like this? Even when it's she's a, cra- a lunatic. Even when it's a crazy person. I'm just saying that my I'm I'm Kathy Bates' performance is so good and she's so perfect at this because it works. Yeah. Like she nails it because it and I think it's because it's not trying to be too serious mm-hmm. and she is like 
over the top. I don't know. There's something her about character, it. her character is does at least sees herself as being like a corny, uh, corny wholesome gal. It's something right. that gets in the way of a lot of Stephen King adaptations. Like uh, other directors have figured out ways of getting around it. Like The Shining obviously doesn't have that problem because it's not really doing the book, right? You know, but like this does it really well. The other one that does it really well is Pet Cemetery. Oh. Which has got like this really weird push pull between like how absolutely horrifying the situation is and the kind of like smirking light touch of the direction is like this is funny too though right? It's a little funny. It's a yeah. Right? It's funny. I mean, isn't this isn't <laughs> when this the evil cat shows up? It's very funny. Yeah, I mean, and like you know, Fred Gwynn is in that movie. You know, like, oh, oh yeah. Jesus crashed on his throne. Don't go back into that graveyard. You're well, doing a main accent. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the the, adi- the Stephen King adaptations that work are ones I think where the directors are having fun with mm-hmm. it, even if it's serious, like Carrie. Yeah. Or uh, Christine is actually oh, Christine's an fucking movie. masterpiece. Christine I love is, that I've movie. Never, I'm going to be watching that this, oh, this month. Oh, dude, that and movie Christine is great. Rules. It's, Car- it's Carpenter, and Carpenter's again doing the same thing like Reiner does in this. Like the structure of this movie, I think, is so good because it, like I said, there's no fat really. It like starts off and he's like, "Finished my book. Let me get on the road." The credits hap. The credits. It. The credits end. It's directed by Rob Reiner over his over the car overturned car, car crash. Yeah, yes. and then she saves him, and she's like, and he like passes out, has a flashback to. Lauren Bacall going like, I don't know if you should have written that book where you kill the character everyone loves. And he's like, look, I don't blah, blah, blah. Wakes up. movie. It's like the movie doesn't mm-hmm. ever, the movie isn't, it's like, oh, and then that's going to, okay, so you know everything that you saw is going to be important later. But there's no, I don't yeah. know, there's no extra shit. Yeah. It's so good. And Christine's the same way. Like, I don't know, like Carpenter's like goes like, I know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have like all kinds. Of, it's about a boy in a car. It's about and, like, a boy like, who fucks his car. But kind of. Not really. I don't I don't know if he actually fucks his car. They but got that scene. They he, mi- gets, he gets they the mind, dialogue mind right mind in that one too. Other. Ain't nothing like the smell of a new car. Yeah. Except maybe for pussy. It's great. <laughs> Uh, but like those, those—I mean, those movies all work because I think that they're like the directors are like mm-hmm. on the same page. No pun intended. Oh, I guess, very as, good. As, as Stephen King, where he's like kind of having fun yeah. too. Like it's not like miserable or something. I don't know. I would. I feel like I feel. I'm just thinking about like new horror movies. We always watch uh, whenever we go to Sam Fantastic Fest, except yeah. this year. There's always a bunch of new and this new string of horror movies where it's like the uh, grief. Grief you know, horror yeah. or something where yeah. it's like it's all about trauma the, and the text you know. is uh, the, the subtext I guess is but the, the text, text yeah. also is the te- where it's like it's about grief and it's kind of like mm. but like also are you gonna make a horror movie or right. something too like you know George Romero's movies are about all this stuff and you're like yeah but he also made zombie movies right <laughs> like also you can just watch Dawn of the Dead and be like this is a great zombie movie and not think about how it's about stuff yeah. right like uh, but I feel like if somebody made this movie like Misery today like one of these. I don't. I don't know. One, some of these people, you'd be like, oh, well, man, you know, it's a, this, this is about shit. Stephen King battling his addiction and and how yeah. that made him feel. And the movie has nothing to do with that. <laughs> Neither does the book, really. Absolutely not. Uh, and that, that might be why Stephen King. Book, that might be why Stephen King like like liked it is because he they took his they took his material and made it into a thriller mm-hmm. and didn't didn't like go like this is about this and that. I mean, yeah. like I'm keep thinking of that movie, The Lodge. I don't know why. Oh, but it's a similar kind of thing yeah, where there's these people, bad. but like, yeah. but like the premise of it, where like. Right. These kids hate this lady who's their dad's new girlfriend. She has a fucked up past, right. and they're fucking with her. Right. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Well, I was never gonna watch that. Movie. Well, but like, but like, it's a, but it's a premise that could be handled in a way that's fun. Right. Maybe you know, but also where well, it's also like where you get to the end and go, that's fucked up. Where like the same thing that this movie is doing, where right. it's like, man, isn't this isn't this whole situation fucked up? Yeah, like, yeah. But that's what I mean. James Caan is almost looking at the camera all the time, going like. 
what am I going to do to get out of this? Well, the way to make the way to make the lodge <laughs> the way that you wanted is to not have it be a twist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I watched another movie that was like that this weekend called Antebellum, which is like this sort of. Uh, oh, I've just I, Twitter was all ablaze with shit talking that it's movie. It's not. <laughs> it's not good, and the reason it's not good is because it's like really, really, really wanting to be like timely and about like the way things are. Yeah. And also, it's the only thing it's got to offer is this twist that you can see coming a mile away. You have to tell me that twist when the when we're done recording. One hundred percent. But but I think that if it wasn't a twist, if if you found this thing out in the first fifteen minutes of the movie and just like then had to proceed from there, probably be pretty good. Perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I think twists I think twists are uh, often a bad thing in movies. I'm with you because we're talking about a movie here. There's no twist. No twist. No, it is exactly what it is. But like it still is like thrilling Mm because you're like. How is he going to get out of this? You know, when he's like scooting around the house when he's not supposed to be yeah. and he knocks the little penguin off the thing and catches That's great, too. You're like, oh, fuck. And it's like, later when, like, but oh, later when she, when she catches like, him, it's about always it? facing southeast. And yeah. I saw it facing southwest. Or and you know you're like, it. And you know when and he now puts I'm going to have to break your fucking legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to break your cock a legs. Cock a She burns his book. Makes him burn his book and shit. Oh, my God. That scene is incredible. It's a different book in the in the book. I guess in the in the in the book version, he doesn't actually like burn. Uh, yeah, the he publish he publishes the book Fast Cars. Right. And this something. it's a different thing entirely. I like I like that I like the idea in this that he like has to burn the book he just fucking spent like yeah. months writing. It's, and, like, yeah, it's, it's really devastating because uh, she knows and it, 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 he doesn't know at this point, but he's like. Uh, it's fine. Go ahead and yeah, we could go ahead and burn this. I made a bunch of copies, and right. she's like, ah, ah, ah. so <laughs> yeah. then like she calls him on that, and you know that it's like the one copy of the thing that is very important to him that he worked really hard on, and he's just trying his damn. Does he know this? What this woman has all the power over him, and just yeah. and then he has to burn the fucking thing. Yeah, it's 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 great. But I just I just like how this movie just shows up, does the thing. It's like. What's this movie about? Well, this guy uh, is essentially held hostage by his number one fan while he can't walk after a car accident. But what's the twist? That's, That's it. it. Then the movie then then the movie just plays out the story just happens until, you know, the end when he gets away. Yeah. But it still is like a fight. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Both times I watched this recently, I was a little bit surprised that they don't figure out like the town, the people in the town, the sheriff doesn't figure out what's going on a little earlier. No one seems to remember that the dragon lady is living in their neighborhood, you know, because she killed yeah. all those babies well, and stuff. I just feel like maybe they would have, and, and everybody knows she loves Paul Sheldon because she goes to the fucking bookstore, the general store, to pre-order the book, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, she's pretty open about her yeah, feelings so I, about I feel stuff. Yeah, like, so I feel like maybe they would have been onto her more quickly. I, yeah. I'm not saying it's like, a problem. Maybe, I, maybe, we're, worried about, we're worried about this guy, and there is a dragon lady who lives in our neighborhood. Who loves him. Maybe we should go to the dragon lady. Just go for, ask her. Or maybe even if we don't know, who they, there is a, a but dragon they, lady here. But do they, but Let's do go they, to her first. Do they know? that or you know what that's i mean that's true i i don't know like but that's the I thing too like is that that, i don't but. know that they do i don't know that she went door to door and went like i'm the, i'm the dragon lady well no I, but i think that people would know that she'd moved to their town and who she is i have to tell you this, maybe the, i don't the, the, i'm saying i'm saying maybe also you know i mean there are it has happened in real life where sure. uh, where there someone was married to a serial killer and went what yeah they're the serial killer 100 so yeah. you know I don't i'm not know. saying it like it doesn't ruin the movie or anything i'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because i mean the sheriff that is the sheriff does sort of figures it out out when he when he talks to the guy at the bookstore or the guy at the general store who i have to assume is just an idiot right he's not a detective trying to figure it the guy at the general store isn't going like that paul sheldon guy's missing and she likes his books he's just a guy who probably thought hey that guy's missing 
And then later on, he's like, hey, this lady likes books. Right. You know, the sheriff is actually putting it together. Yeah, he goes, yeah. oh, she's a huge fan. You know, he doesn't know at first she's a huge fan of right. this. So once okay. he figures that out, he pretty much, like, it's like, like the next the scene where, where he, uh, goes to, he goes to her house and then, you know, it all goes. I like that scene where he, yeah. he's out looking for the car and he just. Just doesn't see it. I know. I love no, he's that. so he's close. like right there. Yeah. He falls into the snow, and his wife's like, "Come on back! I want to give you a blowjob." <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite scenes where she's like, where she's like getting frisky while they're driving around, and he's like, <sighs> "Honey, while you're in the car, no you're tub jobs while you're in the, deputy. While she's you're like, my deputy, well, I no want to get jobs. back to bed with my husband." And I'm like, "This is the sweetest <laughs> movie ever. This guy's gonna die. I'm sad now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it really is sad." Uh, but I, I do have to say that the justice system really failed those many babies that this <laughs> yeah. woman killed. Apparently she got out after, I don't know, five years or something. Here's the thing. And then has a house. If you look up, because uh, uh, Sophie and I did this once just because we were, I think we were watching some other serial You were serial curious about thing. baby murdering? We are serious about c- female serial killers, uh-huh. actually. And just mm. seeing like how many, and so if you look them up, there's like a long list and almost all of them were nurses and they were uh, they murdered a lot of babies, uh-huh. wow. and so like that's what that's taken from is like real life. And the and these women went to prison for a little while. For a little while, maybe. really? Yeah, like mm-hmm. like eight, not for life. Eight years, not or for something? life necessarily for murdering babies. Yeah, man. I'm just so I'm so I I watch, I when I was watching it, I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, no. And, and I thought that when babies. I saw that too, I'm like, geez. But there were four babies. So, yeah, four babies. So, I don't know. Give her eight years. You're not wrong that the justice system let them down, but I, but like the movie, I don't think the movie gets that wrong. I think that's how it actually let's works. Just, <laughs> let's just add babies to the list of of people failed by our justice system. <laughs> yeah. Babies, babies' vote. lives matter. <laughs> but I do love that's again again another thing where you see the memory book on the shelf at one point mm-hmm. precious when memories. he's when he's yeah pre- and he's scooting around and he's you there's a shot of it and you go like well that's gonna come back and then sure enough it does and I I just I mean like a lot of times I would be annoyed by a scene like that in yeah. a movie like an info dump scene but in this one I just love it how he's like it's it's open and it's like the articles about him and then a bunch of shit about murder baby murder and you're like uh oh <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> saved all, she saved all those clippings about her being a dragon lady who murdered babies I mean I love it too because that's like that's when he's like i better go get a knife from the kitchen so i can kill her when i see her next time you know so he's like i think it's at some point he at that point he realizes this is very serious i like the scene where he got he's got the knife in his sling and he's like practicing practicing it it reminded me of in jackie brown when she's like sitting at the desk like pulling the gun pulling the gun out you know (laughs) yeah amazing yeah it's uh i don't know i mean this is around the, the the time in a scene that I really liked, where it's an, uh, you get to see another facet of her because you've seen her be like friendly and I'm here here to help you and you're number one fan, and then you've also seen her be like psychotic. Yeah. But this in this point, she like comes up and is the most sad a human being has ever been, and she's just like, I have this gun. Yeah. Sometimes I think about putting bullets in it, mm-hmm. and then she just stares at him and then just walks away and drives off, and he's like, oh, no, <laughs> what the hell was any of that about? Shit just got real. And then there's th- there's this really scary, like, five-minute scene during during which he's doing his practice thing where she's gone. She's like, this lady's even scarier when she's not around because you're like, yeah. what is she up to? Yeah, she's It just, can't be good. How else did she booby-trap my house? Yes, like she's what out, kind like, of horrible shit is she plotting? Also, like, how the movie doesn't show you outside the room until he gets outside the room. Yes. It's real, real, those are, they're like real basic things, but I feel like so many movies fail that shit, mm-hmm. you know, like you don't see, you see the share, you know, you see outside of the house, but you don't see anything outside of the room he's in until like he escapes and then you get out there and it's like, yeah. that's, it's makes it so much better. Cause you're like, Ooh, yeah. What's this lady's house like? Oh, it's like you'd expect. 
She doesn't. She has a phone with no parts in it. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> and she's driving all the way into town, which is presumably, you know, like a, I don't know, fifteen minute drive both ways or something. Yeah. And ordinarily that'd be plenty of time, but this poor son of a bitch has two broken legs, and he's just got to drag himself like to get to places where his wheelchair won't go. This this movie is very it, it, like has a really special place in my heart because I watched it for the first time when I was recovering from knee surgery. Mm. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, and my leg was actually like propped up like in the exact same way that he is when he's in the wheelchair chair and so every time that he has to like move his leg and it, and it hurts or she like drops the papers onto his legs just hurt actually physically hurt while i was watching it and in a good way like yeah, yeah. it really just made the movie extra more, like more tense. tangible for you yeah haptic yeah and every time your mom would come into the room and be yeah. like you have to rewrite all these pages I mean, they're no good fan, travis <laughs> well they're no good that's not realistic how she comes <laughs> how you bring her back to life what's with all this duty profanity <laughs> I did use a lot of profanity in my writing. Your gosh darn poo-poo mouth, Travis. <laughs> Sick of it. Yeah, it was a goddamn nightmare in a, in a really kind of great sort of way. Uh, and even the, fi- even the fight at the end of this movie between them is pretty great. Yeah. Like, when she cracks her head open, of course. And then, of course, like, you know, has the, like, she... You know, isn't the ki- the killer's not dead? Because I like, like when she finally cracks her head open on the typewriter, and it just it's like, like a dummy bleeds head. out. It and is yeah, that's a really good shot of her head just popping open. There. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, that, it's, that K, it's that K and B magic. That's yeah, a great those dummy head. head. Yeah. Those guys are fucking masters. There's two symbolic uh, beatings done in this because the one he's beating her over the he first smashes her with his huge typewriter, right. which is f- a incredible that she survives that in the first place. <laughs> mm-hmm. It looks like it weighs ninety pounds. And there's scenes of him like lifting it, it where that. he's like, "I'm working out, I'm getting yeah. strong," and uh, he smashes her with that first, and then he's she's on fire, and then she comes back and he she and she and he trips her or something, and she falls again under the typewriter, and then she pops up again, and he hits her with his pig, yeah. with his yeah. metal pig, misery, so, like yeah, and she has misery. a pig named Misery, named after his so uh, much symbol, th- so many, so much symbolism in this beating, yeah. And is this like the? This is one of the few also situations where it's okay to root for a guy to beat the shit out of a woman. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're mean, like, let's see, uh, his did, legs are broken. His legs she has been torturing him, him and, for, yeah. and kidnapped and torturing him for, for months. months. Check, check. Okay, yeah, punch this woman in the face. Four months. It's fine, and she's. That's apparently a super strong. I also love all the shots of uh, just she's got baby killing strength. Just the house. Mm-hmm. Like in the snow with the. It all looks like the cover of the book. It, it it's that, but it's also like. Like I remember, just where I grew up, it was like you drive down the highway and you see little houses over there. Yeah, and you know, in my mind, there? is like a, you know, I mean, like oh, you know, my buddies always go, "Oh, there's cannibals that live there." So, you know, it's all these <laughs> yeah, stories about like, who's you know who lives there is like some fucked up. Like, what are they? Right. Why would you live? Well, who lives in a house that's just like a little bit off the highway in the middle? It's always like it's like in the, me, it's like so. in Flesh and Bone when they're like J- yeah. James Con is like nobody lives in that house. Right? Yeah, James <laughs> Con again. Uh, nobody that I killed for sure. But uh, but it also reminds me of the cover of uh, which I'm sure it was taken from something like that but of the Nick Nick Cave album uh, Murder Ballads mm. which is a great fucking album but it's all like you know famous murder ballads sung by Nick Cave but it's got the cover is just like this this fucking snowy field you know and like this little this little fucking house with the smoke coming out of it that's the cover of murder ballads and you're like what's going on in that house <laughs> murder it's murder i think it's murder but that's that's what i thought of every time i saw the shot plus i just love i mean the cinematography is great it's i don't know Everything's everything's it's great about this. Movie. It's just a wall-to-wall fantastic solid movie, movie. And, and, the, and the ending, even when he like you know, oh, it, it just it just fades from him killing her to like him 
okay. He's like, with Lauren Bacall. You don't, you, you don't even get, we don't even have to see the scene where like somebody cops found show him up or right? whatever. You know, the cop, the sheriff's wife goes like, he said he was going to the Wilkes place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Something like that. And then like, the waitress is like, I'm your number one fan. I love it. It's like, that's very sweet. Thank you. Didn't Thank you read you. in the I newspaper about me? Don't say that. There uh, was a whole big I'm thing. Your, I'm your number one fan. Okay. Read, read the news. There's a whole it, big thing about a lady kidnapping me and stuff. It's one of the cases where monster dies, movie ends, was would have been worse because I like that last that little code. Yeah, you need that. You need that because you need that because he wrote the book and then his and then she's like, "Why don't you write a book about how how you were captured?" And he's like, like, "No, no. Uh, (laughs) Why would I do that?" That I actually found that that sequence kind of moving at this point because it's in no point is it supposed to actually convince you that Kathy Bates is there and is going to kill him. Sure, he's like staring at her and 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 she's like, "She's you know maybe you should write a book about this." And he goes, uh, "You know." And he starts looking at her, and he sees Kathy Bates walking to her towards him, and he's like, "Sometimes I actually do think about her." And you know, just from the sequence that he's can't stop thinking yeah, about he's her. Got total PTSD. He's, total PTSD. Yeah. He's totally fucked up about it. That's what the movie goes out on. Is like this well, guy's fucked up. And she actually says something. She was like, "I thought you were over that," yeah. which is a thing and people he say. Kind of says it. And he kind of says yes, but you know. And if you're right. gonna if you're gonna take the if you're gonna extend the whole thing about his about King's addiction even to the movie, like you know, he's working out with the typewriter. Yeah, he kills her with the typewriter. Yeah. He's he doesn't want to write about the experience because there's always going to be a part of him that's an addict. Yeah, and it's and oh, she wow. represents that, and yeah. it's all there. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you don't have to you don't have to worry about it at all. You know, it's not it's not important. No, no. It's I, good. Yeah, yeah. My favorite scene in this movie is not the hobbling scene; it's the dinner scene. Oh, I love the dinner where scene. he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> he's taking his Novril, which is fake, brutal. It's not real. Uh, it's like a fake. You know, they want to get sued by the pharmaceutical killer. companies. Yeah, it's called Novril in the book. Huh. Um, but uh, and he's like collected a bunch of it. He's like hoarded it. it sounds like and he's gonna drug. he's gonna try to knock her out with by 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 uh, spiking her wine, and she spills the wine. Yeah, and that's like one of those great movie <laughs> Just, moments where you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> And she's going like, God damn it. Oh, it's so embarrassing. I'm so sorry. I ruined our wonderful toast. Yeah. And he's looking at it like, oh, you sure no. fucking no. <laughs> and, and I like the idea of her thinking that he's looking at her like that because she's he's disappointed she spilled the wine yeah. or something like that. It's like, no, no, no. I just, I maybe I'm going to die now. That was like my one chance. Because um, Kathy Bates is good enough in the movie that like you, well, you don't necessarily have sympathy or empathy may before you you feel like she's a real person yeah too. yeah like she is a cartoon character a lot of it but you don't only th- see her as a monster you're like this is a real woman who yeah. has feelings and stuff she generally seems a lot of feelings to actually care about him for whatever reason oh she loves him in in certain ways yeah but she also is like a psychopath who yeah. will kill him if right. he does a thing wrong <laughs> yeah there's a there's a really great line in it uh kind of towards the end that uh yeah, you'll never know the fear of losing someone like you if you're someone like me. That yeah. really speaks That's to good. It's, it's kind of like all in that one line. Well, you know, it's like also like, you know, the books he writes are these type of books that are like they're like these, you know, uh, they're fantasy, gaudy, her, yeah. you know, romance novels. Yeah. And he and he, of course, hates them. Yeah, he wrote one and it was a hit, and then they we got to write another one. And so he's ended up doing this, but he never wanted yeah. to, you know. And you feel a little of the king maybe 
being like, I don't want to just write horror. Although I, I don't think that's entirely true no. because whenever you see interviews with Stephen King or read anything by him, he, he clearly relishes in writing sure. horror. He loves it. But, but he also likes to write also, other stuff. That's also reflective of a guy who's in a place where he hates himself, you know? Cause when he, he wrote Misery, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Where he was like, how, how can I get out of this? And yeah. then he's like, oh, maybe don't be it, maybe not being a drug addict, I guess. But Misery bought him uh, two houses and floor seats at the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> There's another cool detail that they carry over from the book, and it's that the keys are missing in the typewriter. Oh, so like yeah. When you see him writing. It's missing an N. It's missing, missing an, an N, N, which is like a really commonly used letter. So it's like A, a space D. Yeah. And yeah. in the book, you see there uh, are there are passages that are written. I, they're, they're, from, they're from the Misery book. I don't remember if they're from the book he's writing or if they're just like maybe his diary. I don't know. what I don't remember. But there are pages like that. And the, so the N's are missing, and he's written them in in. That's great. When handwriting. I love that. Oh, Stephen, wow. King, Stephen does King does that all the time. It's my really fa- cool. My favorite is, uh, I'm just going to spoil this whole short Survival story, type? Right? Survivor type. Survivor yeah. mm-hmm. type. <laughs> where it's like the guy's slowly dying and eating himself <laughs> in this island. And like as it gets going, like it's typed at first and then it's kind of written. And then by the end, it's just like a, a mess of ink. <laughs> yeah. And it just like the last page is just like the ink goes and just is like yeah. spilled on the towards the bottom of the page. And I was like, Tough. when I first read that, I could not believe that was in a fucking book. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my, I was like, that is a, I still, I still love it, but it was when I was a teenager and I read that the first time, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe somebody fucking did that. You can do that in a book? Yeah. yeah he's talking about how delicious his ears are or something like <laughs> lady that. Lady fingers, they taste just like, lady, taste fingers. like lady fingers. Yeah, he starts, he starts by eating his legs and then he's like, and then he, he eats himself to death. Sure I does. love it. Good, I, good I, story. If you read the is notes, that skeleton crew? Yeah, I think so. If you read the notes in the back of one of the editions, Stephen King has like uh, his his like notes on the stories, and he like talks about he's like, yeah, sometimes uh, I'm that guy who's at like a barbecue or something with some friends, and I'm like, if I know you're a doctor, you're gonna get some weird questions, and so he like <laughs> he talks about he asks like a doctor friend of his like one time like, hey, hypothetical question, what if you started eating yourself? How long could somebody survive that way? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Steve, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> well, anyway, I'll have one of those. Uh, I'll have one of those sausages there. Thank you very much, <laughs> anyway. uh, Mr. King. This is an R piece. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, well, what's the answer? <laughs> About a week. Thank you. Actually, I worked at an Arby's, and that's one of the they first do know they, that That's stuff, one of the first yeah. things they tell you. They go, look, look. Here's the thing. You're probably gonna get trapped in this walk-in freezer. <laughs> they may not find you for a while. Here's how long you can survive. Here's how you survive eating yourself. Don't eat the Arby's meat. Don't yeah. eat the Arby's meat. I'm just it, kidding. Like you can have it. as much yeah, of the barbecue sauce as you want. We got plenty of that. In a situation where you get locked in the freezer, do eat yourself before you eat the Arby's meat. Yeah. <laughs> cut yourself. Cut some of yourself uh, off for the rest of us too, in case we get in there, because we, you know, we're curious. Yeah. yeah, misery, misery. I got, I got some. I mean, all, some all, there's tons and tons of great quotes in this. I mean, so. everything Annie Wilkes says is fucking pretty gold. Yeah, old. And, and honestly, Richard Farnsworth's uh, character is a pretty close second. Farnsworth mm-hmm. has has one of my was, was one of my favorite lines of the movie, where uh, his his wife is giving him some sort of sass mouth or another. Because anytime that <laughs> anytime she's not being horny, she's mad at him for not fucking him at that exact moment. <laughs> and then he and then so she she gives him some sort of sass back, and he's walking out uh, of the office, and he goes. It's just that kind of sarcasm that's given our marriage real spice. <laughs> really cracked me up. Uh, there's a part when uh, when she's when um, Annie Wilkes is talking about um, the ceiling, 
the, 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 the guy painted. Uh-huh. Well, here's the line. The Sistine, the Chapel? Sistine Chapel? There we go. But the, this is what the ceiling says. that that guy painted. But this is what she says. <laughs> Let's go back to that building thingy where our beds and TV is. <laughs> she says, what's the ceiling that Dago painted? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what we said when we visited it. <laughs> oh, it's that ceiling that Dago painted. I, I, I love, Dago? I love that what? because it's like that thing where like it's like these folksy people and she's like, I won't swear. Oh my goodness. How can you do that? And But she's like, I'll be casually racist yeah. though. Right. Which is a which is a you know that's a real thing. We Italians Fucking weird. Uh, that's another part. Uh, there's another <clears throat> part where when he's talking about how like this, he's talking about he's trying he's buttering her up about this new book that he's writing so he can you know have some space and work out his plan or whatever and and, she, and she's like oh this whole house is gonna be filled with romance I'm gonna put on my Liberace records <laughs> and she comes back and she goes you do like Liberace right. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, uh-huh. Who doesn't love Liberace? It's fucking great. <laughs> and then at one point, uh, he, he's talking about uh, just the situation that they're in, and he goes, you know, some people might actually consider this an oddball situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's pretty It's, it's a little it's weird. That's good. And I think that's I think that's because uh, it, was, it was made by a guy who had mostly made comedies and comes from comedy, mm-hmm. and, like, he... He, I think the way he knows how to make a thriller is like, well, I mean, this is ridiculous, right? This is a so ma- like, movie is macabre. Let's so let's <laughs> sure uh, let's lean into that. I don't know, and I, you know, this that period of Rob Reiner, I can't recommend. I mean, I just love Spinal Tap. We were talking about Travis. And I, I just talking watched about Spinal, Spinal Tap, Tap this recently. week. Good old Bob Reiner. Fucking Spinal Tap it's is very one of my good. Favorite movies. Spinal yeah. Tap's hilarious. I think it's one of those movies. Every time I watch it, I'm like, God damn it! How is this movie only like 85 minutes long? Yeah. And it's the funniest. It's got the. It's just the funny. Every line is fucking hilarious. The Druids. Nobody knows who they were <laughs> or, what or what they, they were, were doing. doing. <laughs> I was talking so to good. I was talking to Travis about it last week. How like that's a movie that is like where you spend not even you know, like most of an hour and a half with the biggest idiots on the planet, <laughs> and yet at the end when like Nigel and uh, David Saint Hubbins are getting back together, it's actually pretty emotional. Yeah, yeah. you're like kind of like I do want these guys. Have you ever to seen still the, be like friends. the really long stretched out cut that's like four hours long? It's got all the extra uh, plugs, like all think, the Bruno Kirby shit in there. I think I did it. There. I think I did it some point, and it's like that the kind Bruno of, Kirby cut. You yeah. don't need it, but it's all no, no, it's all good. It's all Bruno good Kirby. shit. It's know, the kind like, of thing that's fun to like look at yeah. once and go like, oh okay, and then they, you watch and you watch they made a movie and you watch the good version and go like, well that's that's called editing. That's how you you take a thing and you turn it into a. A better well, thing. Well, we're trying, but this twisted old fruit won't give us a room. I'm just, <laughs> just as God, God made me, sir. God made me, sir. <laughs> so good. I love that movie anyway. so much. Uh, uh, ratings. Uh, three and a half Judds for me. Mm. not going to go the full four. Mm. Uh, I, I just I, I don't love it that much. I still think it's very good. It's very sturdy. It's solid. It does absolutely everything it's supposed to do. Uh, but, yeah, I'm only going to go three and a half. But nothing more. Nothing more. Which that's, I think. That's w- totally fine. Which I think is what's great about yeah. it. Uh, zero Douglases, unless you want to give it a half a one for yeah. the horny old people. Well, I don't really mm-hmm. want to. Uh, if we saw them in bed together, maybe that would be that would be a full <laughs> I, five Douglases. Yeah, I'm gonna have to knock this a couple stars off of my rating because you don't get to see them fucking. <laughs> you don't get to see them fuck. <laughs> they used to call you know Richard Farnsworth's name was nickname was Diamond. Now you know why. Oh, um, <laughs> cut glass with that thing. Exactly. Whole cold blue fucking steel. That's what it was. Good lord. Anyway. <laughs> Straight story indeed. Yeah. Oh, that's no. what I'm saying. There we go. <laughs> the silver uh, box. <laughs> so I'm gonna, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten, you know, uh, jello legs. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go I am gonna give it four. Because, uh, you know, I mean, it's a very simple mm-hmm. story, but it's really well done and, and it's very it's very special to me because of the the whole leg thing is yeah. one of the more 
one of the more uh, profound kind of movie watching experiences <laughs> I've had. Um, yeah, I'm, much as I'd love to give it a half star for the horny old people, yeah. it's all it's more cute. It's than pretty chaste. It's very chaste. And I'm gonna give it zero end keys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going four. Same reason. I think it's just it like is the thing that shows up, does exactly what it's supposed to, and then is like goodbye. And I like mm-hmm. I love it when a movie's like that. I think it's like the kind of thing where a movie's like we're not trying to make a great great movie. We're trying to make a movie mm-hmm. that like works as a story, but we don't. It doesn't need to be. This doesn't have to be the you know change the world. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It did because Kathy Bates became famous after this. But, That's right. Uh, and I'll never so, forgive her for so it. Four Judds. <laughs> uh, we would have never had primary colors without this. <laughs> a good movie. I do like it's fine. Colors. I uh, love the I love the, the the kid they got the main the main guy in that movie is really good. Oh, John yeah, Travolta. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, <laughs> kid, the kid Travolta. It's gonna be da- big. It's like Darian. I yeah, think yeah, is his yeah. name. I don't know. He's really good. Yeah. I love the scene where he's like he's totally miserable and fed up with John Travolta's character, and he's watching Shane in the hotel room. Yeah, and he goes. And the kid in the at the end of the movie, at the end of the movie goes, "Come back, Shane!" And it cuts to him watching. He goes, "Run for president." <laughs> <laughs> How many movies are they watching Shane in? Uh, other not movies? too many. It's only that and Logan. Those Logan, are the only two. The only two I can think of off the top of my head. Anyway, that's it. Yeah. Though it's never been referenced any other time. <laughs> but if, I just mean, but I mean, like not ref, not ref, but like where they're, they're actually, actually watching, watching it. it in because in both well, of those the shark movies, is in watching it in movies, Jaws. They're watching it in a hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, zero Douglases because you know. Uh, and I'm giving it uh, 10 out of 10 pigs named Misery. That's we good. didn't even talk yeah. about the pig. She introduces him to, here's the pig. She's going to feed him to the pig, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah or vice versa. But the pig comes, just, just the pig comes in. It's like, I, fa- I th- thought it was about time you two met. And you're like, <laughs> and you, I just love it because it cuts to James Con- this again, it just cuts to James Conn in this bed going like, <laughs> what? what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, what are you, what are these pills you're giving me? <laughs> Now there's a pig. Uh, doesn't he, doesn't he go happening. like it's a real pleasure? Like he kind of does his condescending play along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he like, does the whole a, what thing. What a pig it is, yeah. or something like that. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and a lovely and a lovely charming pig she is. <laughs> it is a nice pig. It's a very nice. It's very George Clooney had a pig. Yeah, it's had. Oh, the pig I, is, I believe the pig, the pig, the pig passed oh, away. Oh man. <laughs> you know, yeah. Did Clooney eat the pig? I think, after, I, think, I think maybe he would. I don't know. I would. He might do it as a he might do it as a prank. Maybe someone cooked his pig <laughs> to prank him mm. to get back. That at would him. be a good like, prank. Juliana Margulies did it to get back to him for like super gluing the, the, her yeah. like the her, time like, he put a bucket over the door. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> I gotta hand it to you, Juliana. It's like the it's like prank. the War of the Roses. <laughs> I'm completely <laughs> devastated, but great prank. Smile, head bob. <laughs> Well, speaking of smile, head bob. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about the baddie guard. <laughs> oh, no. That's good, though. Frank Farmer to see Miss Marin. What? Alexander Graham Bell to see Miss Marin. All right. Bill said he used to be with the Secret Service. I was two years with Carter, four with Reagan. Reagan got shot. Not on my ship. All my colors for you. All right. You don't look like a bodyguard. This is my disguise. <laughs> well, his timing's good. Henry, I've spent a lot of time guarding people all over the world, and I found one thing to be true. No matter how incompetent the assassins, no matter how much they miss their target, right? there's one person who always gets hit. Who? 
the cocky black chauffeur. I did not like this movie. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I did not hate this movie, but it, it was not. I didn't. It's think it very good. boring. There's a certain aspect to it that I found a kind of char- kind of charming yeah. in that it is so desperately trying to be a date movie for men and women, mm-hmm. but it's like one one for the like the whole movie is constantly going. Here's something for the ladies. Yeah. Here's something for the men. Here's something for the ladies. It's not but, it's not together at all. It worked though. Oh, because it, it was the second, second highest grossing film of its year. It was a huge fucking hit, and huge. Uh, and the and one of the things I do like about it is I do like lots of the songs. Well, I, I do, mm-hmm. I do not give. I'm not. I'm not. I always will always love you. Song I like, but I think I like. Uh, I'm not I like say other versions that of the it songs better. are bad because they're not, but they take up an entirely large <laughs> portion of this movie that I believe is unwarranted. It is. This movie is over two hours long. Yes. somehow two hours and seven minutes. It's and very it is, long. And, and the, is, the moment uh, you start it, and then you, like because I started it up and was immediately like, Ugh. yeah. And then you pause it and you see two hours and seven minutes. Right? Oh no! And then you and then you've been watching it for like ninety, and you pause and you're like, it's only been thirty five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Time, time collapses uh, in on itself. Yeah, when it's, you're watching it's this. very long. I do like the "I Will Always Love You" song, but I think I like like Dolly Parton's sure. version better. Well, as you should. This one, but, it's but this is very a famous sad. one. But, it's I mean, a very this depressing was, song. This was a huge. I think the soundtrack album was oh, probably yeah. even a bigger hit than Big the, deal. the movie. Big deal. Oh, I would think so. You know, and you know, what would be going That song Whitney was Houston. probably the biggest hit of the decade, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, it's one of the biggest songs ever. It's fucking inescapable. I, I don't know if I can have an objective opinion about it. I just hate that goddamn song because I've heard it so many fucking times. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's just wow. everywhere. I so always th- hated it. This movie was like originally it. written in the 70s for wow. Steve McQueen hmm. and Diana Ross. Another sort of like, but okay. was judged Effectless. to be too controversial. Couldn't have a black woman and a white man <laughs> oh have a relationship my. together. Wow, and I mean, incredibly, it was kind of controversial at the time too. Was sure. it? Yeah, well, I didn't read about that because the movie doesn't like address it at all, which I found yeah, well, which I found, I found pretty refreshing. Refreshing, where they're just like, they, it just is there in bed. Together I don't remember there being any controversy about it. It at was all at the it time. was a, like would be controversy because this was uh, during the time when it would be like like there was. Movies like Pelican Brief and mm-hmm. other and Eraser, where they did did not have the mm-hmm. still like I guess conservative older studio executives were like I don't know if America's ready for that, and then they actually did do it with this movie and nobody, nobody gave cared. a shit. Um, <laughs> and then right, they, but people were going, are, are Americans going to care about this? And, and yeah. like, well, probably thirty percent of America did. I forget they tried to resurrect it like a few years later, also with Diana Ross, and I forget. I forget who the actor was supposed to be. I don't believe it was McQueen at that time, but it was somebody that that they it didn't work out because she had been dating the guy. Mm. Uh, so they they did they scrapped that version and eventually finally made its way to to Costner, which is why he has that haircut. He got that haircut because it's like Steve McQueen's haircut. Oh, it okay. does look McQueeny. Yeah. yeah, I do like the opening of this movie, just how it starts, where it's just like yeah, him gun, and he shoots this the guy. fucking gunshot, and it's like a close up on him, like having shot a guy and like yeah. done a good job at bodyguarding. Yeah, congratulations, think, you just did. We're a bodyguard. Yeah, I and think now there's it's a, done. there's a there's a like again, this is a movie that need that needs to be like tighter. It needs to be like more terse. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because because it is like over two hours long, and it really doesn't need to be. It, like, need, it's, it needs like to have two lead performances that aren't fucking awful. They're awful. <laughs> she's terrible. <laughs> she's not he's as bad worse. as he is. He's way yeah, worse. Yeah, he's way worse. And she's yeah. not very good. Costner, when Costner gets at least in, she has the excuse of not being an actress. That's when, what I'm saying. When Costner gets in this mode, it's I don't know what you call this, but it's like his anti charisma mode. Right. Because Costner can be he can be very charming. Can be yeah. a charming actor to watch. Yeah. I mean, movies that I think aren't great, but whatever. But like Tin Cup or something. Right. You know. Yeah, Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Like, yeah. uh, but like those JFK. Kind of, 
Yeah. JFK, he's great. But yeah. like, but like stuff like that, where you kind of go like, he has this, he has this ability to have an effortless charm. Right. But like a movie like this is where he like is, per, he is like intentionally well, turning off he, his charm to be like a serious guy, and it fucking sucks. He he is not very good, or at least he wasn't in his younger years very good at being like this taciturn, like brooding dude. If you yeah. watch like Yellowstone, the show that he's on now, yeah. I'm not gonna debate whether or not the show is good. It's not good, but I enjoy it. But he's you know like the patriarch of right. this, this this ranching clan, and he's like basically doing like he just exclusively plays ranching clan patriarchs <laughs> nowadays. I know, and he's but he's very good on this show. It's it's a, it's like the it's a very easy role for him to play now in his older age. But he can't he couldn't do that stuff back then, and I mean his charm wasn't. Endless. We've all seen Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm I, not saying yeah. that he's always, but he has. No, he, no, no. He's, he's he wildly has the, inconsistent. He has the ability to yeah. kind of be like, God, like Silverado. Oh, it's like one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> Silverado, when he's young, is like, is like he's really good, and yeah. he just he's like kind of the fun guy in right. it. And you wouldn't believe it's the same actor who's right. in The Bodyguard. Right. Yeah. Because like in, he's the fun guy in Fandango. Like, yeah. The, the, just we didn't watch this and think that Kevin Costner was the fun guy in multiple movies. You're like, what? Yeah. It's, it's 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 but it's 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 totally intentional and you see him you can see him acting like act serious I'm act very serious, serious. And you're just like god you're just boring to watch it's just but it just makes it it's absurd really if you if you contrast <laughs> this performance with a very similar one in revenge yeah he's way better in revenge because it feels like all of that mopey is going somewhere but this is attempting to be like the sort of brassy entertainment and with a romance at its core, and it's just not happening. Yeah, and he's got the, he's supposed to be this guy who's totally shut off. Yeah, right? You know, I don't know. It just, it like, is like, ugh. It's just really hard to, like, Remember, remember, <laughs> so, like, I'm not saying that this movie is, like, unfairly hated, but I really like Waterworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I think the reason it's, like, the, the reason people have mo- the most problem with it is because he's so terrible in it. Like, I, think, ho- like, I, I think everything's terrible in that movie. I don't. In, I don't. I haven't. Come, I haven't. I'm not part of the new. You cult haven't come movie. around on Waterworld. No, because every time I do watch part of it, I'm like, no, I think this movie's bad. <laughs> like, I don't think it's done well. Or anyway, th- but that's a whole other movie. That's, that's a whole. whole other that's thing. a whole other. Debate, I think but. he's the weakest link in it because he's supposed to be like again, yeah. like the 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 loner. Yeah. And it's like, dude, he could have been. He's supposed to be a fish man. Okay, like let's have a little fun with this. <laughs> yeah. He he like wants to be like Mad Max in that. Right. And you're like, it doesn't you're happen. Kevin Costner, yeah. you don't get to be Mad Max. Right. <laughs> you can't be Kevin Costner and, <laughs> and Mad, Mad Max. Max at the same time. You got to choose a pick, pick a one. lane, buddy. <laughs> There's a. I, I was actually listening to an interview with a person who worked with uh, Kevin Costner on a more recent movie called Draft Day. Oh boy! And, and you hear people say, I haven't seen it before, but you hear people say he's this about about actors doing this kind of acting sometimes, where he's like, "I tell you, you know, we would." Uh, and he was he was being nice because he's a working actor and stuff, but he was like, "I tell you, you know, when the cameras are." Rolling on Kevin Costner, you think he's not doing anything, but then when you see the finished product, you're like, "Oh, he, he knew what he was doing the whole time." This is like maybe people were hoping with Bodyguard. Maybe people were like, "Maybe this. <laughs> well, maybe also, when he, we actually see it on the screen, a it'll work. lot of creative control over this movie. Really, a lot. He was a huge star. At did, this time. Uh, I know, but did like, Kasdan write the original script in the seventies? It feels like that. I don't forced. know, but it seems likely that he did. Yeah, yeah. It feels it's like he's Kasdan-y. being forced to do this at gunpoint or yeah. something like that. He's just he sucks. This, you know, he had a lot of control over this. He like he chose. 
You know the the cover of the the poster with him like he's carrying the the lady, Classic. he's carrying Whitney Houston. That's not uh, first of all, that's not Whitney Houston. That's a double. Wow. Second of all, he chose that picture. Like he was like, that's the one we're using. You know, like he had a tremendous amount of creative control. Over he was movie. a guy at and this was this would have been right around that same time as. Uh, Dances with mm-hmm. Wolves and and then Waterworld and the Postman where this he would like have been after Dances with Wolves. That's what I mean. But he, it was that same time period where he had like he he commanded a lot of control and mm-hmm. he like took it, that went to his head. Like I mean, Waterworld is famously yep. that he like he like took over production and f- essentially mm-hmm. fired Forced his, Kevin Reynolds out. His friend, his buddy who directed uh, <laughs> a couple, he directed, directed Fandango, 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 Fandango and Prince and of Robin Thieves. And, yeah. You know. Um, like and like essentially mm-hmm. like got him like booted him off of the movie he was making and they were like love, old friends and shit and you're like man that's fucked up i love the idea of <laughs> of a basic burger bitch like kevin costner <laughs> being like a, a creative tyrant on someone yeah. we've got to do it my way kevin costner's white bread ass he way. also he it's also was real about. tight with kazdan because of wyatt earp mm-hmm. and some other stuff uh, and, well, he's you know, in the big chill. He's in the big chill and Silverado. Yeah, Silverado, yeah. you know. Uh, he, so you know that this was this was whole his whole thing here. Yeah, this was his show. It, oh, it very much feels like a like like Costner doing yeah. a whole thing. And I don't think it, I don't think it all doesn't work entirely. It just is kind of like like I feel again. I feel like there's a movie here, and they didn't they did it wrong. Well, <laughs> you got, they, they did got, it too much, and they did too two much. leads who are bad. And who have um, zero chemistry. zero chemistry together? Yeah. You have which is and the that's most like the whole movie. You have that's the most important thing a about the totally these kind of bipolar movies. script yeah. that wants to do certain things and seems, despite having been written by one of uh, my favorite screenwriters, mm-hmm. has no idea how to execute its plans. Like nope. he doesn't, he's not successfully written as this taciturn expert loner, and she is a total bitch. Yeah. yeah. For whom you have zero sympathy. Well, she's yeah. And it she, turns out that the reason there's a stalker is because her sister hates her so much. <laughs> and rightly fucking so. It yeah. is uh it is one of those movies where yeah, and it does it doesn't reconcile the two the two things. Right. Like that it's a action mystery thriller and a and a romance. And a romance like they kind of are like Travis was saying at the beginning is that they it feels like they're they're not the they they're not the same movie. It's like here's for the ladies, here's for the guys. Exemplified now, a, now in a chase scene. Exemplified in here's the absurd thing. scene where they go on a first date and he takes her to a rep screening of Yojimbo. Yeah. <laughs> and during this whole date, she is no longer a famous person because right. she's just no out one in the sees open. her. They're just yeah. in a bar. Here's he, your, well, here's I your guess, fucking apple fritters or whatever. So, is it in that bar there? And is it supposed to be like people don't know her there because it's like this like. Shit kicker bar or nope, something? They, they don't I say it. seriously. No, they don't anything. say that. But I was thinking about it the whole time. I'm like, that why doesn't, doesn't someone recognize her? It's absolute nonsense. <laughs> and the, the and further, the 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 sort of the portrait it paints of Hollywood is one of those total fake soap opera like '90s TV versions of what the movies are like, what Hollywood oh, yeah. looks like and acts like. Like her shitty British manager who's like, "Hey, I you was, get out of here." <laughs> well, I was gonna say it's like that. He's a famous it's, musician. It's that kind of movie <laughs> that, that the, the actor. Yeah. It's yeah. that kind of movie that has to go to to go to pains it thinks to like make everybody against this bodyguard right and you're like everybody would be totally on this guy's side i feel like and no, yeah and everybody's against it and they like are d- because they don't want publicity or something right it's like weird because there's a bombing it, the the inciting that incident hurts of him, people yeah it hurts it hurts the driver right but it doesn't kill anybody and they don't tell her what really happened they're like oh it was a, a thing a 
electrical problem or something. And they, for whatever reason, they don't want her to know <laughs> that somebody tried to kill her right. with someone a broken, bomb. Someone broke into her house and jerked off on her bed. She yeah. doesn't hear that about too. that. too. Yeah, and they're, they're like, they don't want to tell her. And then they're all very angry that there's a bodyguard that was hired to protect her. And you're like, what Inclu- is including wrong with her? all of it's these people? really strange. And she's mad. I, I would say in her defense for like she most has of been the movie, for, yeah. for most of the movie, there's a part at the end, towards the end where she's mad at him again. Yeah, just I hated a, that Just because so she's much. a bitch. That's like the yeah. big, ugh. But like, But like, in at the beginning, she doesn't know. And so you're kind of like, well, she's an asshole, but she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And these other we- people are just assholes, and they do know, and they're like, they're going like, it was, it's no big deal, okay? It's just a, it's just a thing. Someone tried to blow her up with a bomb. Let's move on. We and can't like, tell her. What? We can't tell her someone is stalking and trying to kill her. Why? Well, that would upset her. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> she should be upset. Yeah, maybe Someone's she'd be upset, and then her. she'd be like, "Oh, I need a bodyguard." Then she might be. She I'll might be careful. Take the, take the steps necessary. Seriously, to that's it. Was son. driving me crazy. It's, it's so it's weird. Her, it's her constantly being worried about her son, but also being like, "Fuck off, bodyguard!" And you're like, "Well, which is it? Oh. Yes, which she, is it? It seesaws back and forth between that so much that <laughs> for a, it, it, for a long, really, way too much of the runtime of the, the movie till the fucking yeah. end, where she'll go like, like even I when they're at the Oscars at the end, and she goes, "He's really fucking, he's really messing up my whole thing," and you're like, "You're like." He's trying is, to save you from getting murdered. He's already <laughs> saved her twice. <laughs> right. They've already gone back and forth from the like, I don't need a bodyguard. Oh, I do need a bodyguard. Thank you for saving me. It no, was no, already no. at that point I it's already revealed also, that her sister was the one trying to kill and, her. And her sister was killed by the guy that she hired that to she kill hired her. to kill her sister. But so the sister's dead and it's like they, she gets over that she, real quick. She gets over that real fast. Real quick. Yeah. Well, she's like, I still want to win an Academy Award. <laughs> it's like the next and day. And like, dude. The, and, the, and finally, like in my long list of problems, you've got this Mick, Mick Jackson, this director who's just taken fucking dictation the whole time. Like has no point of view or really the skill to execute anything. What a bizarre career this guy had. I know. He he, he made L.A. Story, which is yes, one of my favorite movies. I love L.A. Story. It's LA like one Story of those things fun. that like every time I go back to it, I'm like, yeah, I remember why but I love this so much. I mean, but that's the script. That's Steve Martin. Yeah. Did, did you that's, see what he yeah. followed up? And Volcano. The, did you Volcano. See? <laughs> no, but he followed up this movie, The Bodyguard, the, the second biggest hit of the year with, with Clean Slate. Clean Slate. Slate the Dana, Dana Carvey, Carvey movie. That's <laughs> right. Yep. A movie. A movie. I will admit, I loved it at the time. That's the one where he has amnesia, right? Yeah. It's memento with Dana Carvey. He's got amnesia right. and a Jack Russell Terrier who has depth perception problems. <laughs> that sounds. I remember, good. there's a Jack Russell in it that keeps bumping into things. Oh, it's hilarious. That actually sounds pretty funny. I, th- I that might have been the reason I liked it at the yeah. time. Yeah. And then he did Volcano, and then he then it was TV. Well, Volcano the, again. One of the most inept things you can possibly... If you haven't seen this recently, because guess what? I have. And it's so bad. <laughs> but we're Oof. all the same at the end. That's amazing. It does have the one of the greatest kills in the history of 90s disaster cinema, that resurgence that came up after Twister. Uh-huh. It's John... It's it's uh, John Carroll Lynch. It's the oh, Zodiac. He steps into the and he's, he's, he's carrying a dude <laughs> who can't... And he just like carries him through the lava. just melts. It's so fucking I never, awesome. I never think of John Carroll Lynch as the Zodiac. I only ever think of him as... as uh, Marge's as, wife? Uh, yeah, as Marge, Marge's to me, he'll always be Zodiac, but that's the that's the uh, that's that's what happened after they divorced. <laughs> oh, is this about the bloody knives in my trunk? Yeah, because there's a perfectly good there's reason. A perfectly for good that. reason for that. Good. I was bye. chopping up chickens. Volcano is one of those weird ones that I remember at the time, and I've never actually watched it because. Oh man, you got to see it. It's a, a killer Tommy Lee but Jones it is, garbage. It is one of those movies that I remember at the time going like. 
seeing reviews point this out and then thinking like, yeah, that like it's called Volcano, but it's just literally, it's just about lava coming, coming up from out under of LA. And then the people who were defending it were going like, well, you know, though, like that's a volcano. It doesn't have to be a big mountain. And you're like, yeah, but what if you're making a, mo- a movie called Volcano, <laughs> yeah. make it have make it be a big mountain that's shooting lava. Don't make it just that lava comes up from under LA, you dipshits. At the, at the end of the movie, it's it's formed a little volcano. <laughs> yeah. it, that's true. It's it has. A little, uh, like 200 foot hall. It's just kind of funny. They knock, over a, they knock over a building to stop the lava at the end of the yeah. movie. There is and going everybody to, realizes uh, racism, is, racism bad. is bad. There is going to be a uh, uh, volcano in your uh, volcano, volcano movie. movie. Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as not as good as its competing movie Dante's Peak, which is ever, much better. If, uh, which I have bricks from the set of. Yeah, yeah I know. If, yeah, if yeah. you ever go to that if movie's if rad. Anybody, I rewatched that too. It's really good. Great special effects. Anybody yeah. listening ever drive uh, driving uh, on uh, ninety across Idaho? Stop in uh, Wallace, Idaho, where Travis Scott got those bricks, that's I believe, right. and that's where they filmed the Dante's, they were Dante's Peak. If you set. go to any business in there, uh, <laughs> they have Dante's Peak Pierce shit Brosnan everywhere. Shit in our bathroom. This is Dante's Peak posters all over the place there. Because it was filmed there. It's Everybody's a, got Linda Hamilton's autograph. Cute little, it's a cute little town that you want to drive through. <laughs> it is a cute little town. It's on. It's also in last time we drove. If, last if you're there when drove, the sun goes down, that's when the chuds come uh, out. Oh maybe. yeah. Last time They'll we get you. last time we drove through there uh, like a month ago on our way back from Montana, and there it's like it's like this is a charming little town. Nobody's wearing a mask because it's uh, Idaho, right. and so that's let's not get out of the car. But also, I saw a, t- a black truck that had had black trucks matter uh, scratched into cute. it. So, <laughs> so uh, I will say, uh, cute little town. Do do the do the business loop off of the freeway and go drive through it and then get back on the freeway and don't and don't, don't go stop. Back. Yeah, uh, but there's lots. Don't of get out of the car in Idaho. Kind of. Uh, Try not to. Anyways, the bodyguard. <laughs> bit of a, a bit of a digression. There. Sorry, <laughs> I'm folks. sorry, but we're, we, we might. There's be doing not a lot that to talk regularly. about with the bodyguard. There's there's one sucks. thing that we will. It is that I want to go into a lot of detail Tra- about Travis later. Travis texted me after he was watching because you, you missed part of it and you were watching it again last night. And you, I had and to you go back. Text, you texted in. me last night and go, "Do you own uh, Yojimbo on Blu-ray?" And I was like, ah, "I wish I did. I don't because I thought this when I was watching the movie too. I was like." When they go to see Yojimbo, I was like, I well, wish no, I was watching that. I wish I was yeah. watching Yojimbo. It's the classic, like, <laughs> don't talk about a better movie in your movie yeah. sort of thing. But they actually show clips because they go to the movie and you see, like, a couple clips from Yojimbo and you immediately, like, your brain just goes, oh, please show me Yojimbo now. And I, like, I wish that Get me out of this. Uh, this isn't a spoiler, but if you've seen that new uh, Charlie Kaufman movie, there's a yeah. part where a character is watching a movie and then, and then the movie cuts from him watching that movie to just your now you're watching that yeah. movie and that's how I felt I wanted this to go where I'm just like can't we just be watching Yojimbo yes. it's like halfway through the movie but that's fine my I know the setup uh, of Yojimbo let's just watch my it. favorite part of that scene is how they're first first of all they're they're leaving they're leaving the, the theater and she seems like she really enjoyed the movie which I don't believe for a fucking second <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, maybe that's just me being a prick. But secondly, she's like she hasn't been set so, up as that type. Exactly. Yeah. And she's like, so, uh, so why did he want to die? And he's like, well, it's not so much that he wanted to die. He just wasn't afraid to die. And it's like, have you been watching the movie? It's not about that at all. <laughs> Yo, Jimbo. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yes, he is sort of fearless, and he goes in there, but he goes in there to make money. I mean, he goes in there to fuck with these people hey, to get paid. He's very cynical right. up until the very end. Yeah. I mean, it's like you know, whatever. And it's supposed to <laughs> it's supposed to mirror him. It's supposed to be like, well, that's why he took the job in the well, first yeah. place too and now he cares fuck off it's yeah. so stupid yeah it's and a real it's a real like throwing some eastern shit in there that does that doesn't work that works in some movies but there, it just i also hate the misdirect in this movie where there is there is a, freak, a cre- freaky stalker but that yeah. doesn't have anything oh, to do with the right. guy who's trying to kill so her the guy, yeah because there, there is a, the big fan to get to the fan part of right. this is why we did it's, it's it. the guy who's not but roger the guy, daltrey a, but i was convinced look like roger daltrey <laughs> 
There's we'll a just weird, call him Roger Daltrey. There's a weird guy who's a fan who did, I guess, break into her house and I think leave he's her the one that jerk that, off that onto that her bed. Off on her bed. And, yeah. But then there's also another guy that her sister hired to kill her. <laughs> so right. many people. So are there's after a couple this woman. people after this woman. Yeah. Um, and her sister. And her sister did it when she was fucked up too. So she like regretted it and tried to. She goes, "I was stoned." <laughs> That's yeah. great. Uh, That's yeah. when I take out all my hits. I like that. <laughs> how I did she? How did she hire? From whence? <laughs> She found a no. I found Another, a guy named Ronaldo. That's or what I love. Like, like she's like, I went into this bar and I found a guy <laughs> Who whose knows? name was like Arturo. Who knows the hitman? Come on, yeah. come and talk like, to me. And there you go. That's it. That's how she got a hitman. And you can't and stop she, this guy. She got the one hitman that you cannot Wait. fuck around with. Well, she, she got the one. Plus she, plus she also got a guy who also is like who a like guy, knows who guys Kevin that knows, that knows the guy who's. <laughs> Didn't know it was the guy who might become her yeah, sister's It's the guy from Hunt for Red October. Oh, uh, my God. That's so right. It's the goddamn I don't, I don't, cook. I don't care for him wearing the uniform. No, he's that. Or is he the cook? No, he's no. the goddamn cook. Yeah, he's in tons. He's in lots of stuff. He's, um, he's the cook, isn't he? God yeah. Damn. He's, uh, but uh, here's a question I had about Kevin Costner. That makes this movie even, uh, actually makes it good for me now because it's like, who's the guy, <laughs> in the, who's the killer in the bodyguard? It's the goddamn <laughs> it's cook. Goddamn cook. Uh, in, so they go, they go, so, and Sophie brought this up while we were watching it, which was, they go back to his house and she's like, so they're on a date and they go back to his house and he just takes her into the basement. And then I was <laughs> like, into my basement. she was like, that's where he lives. I thought he made a lot of money doing bodyguarding. And I'm like, no, I think that's just his basement. And she's like, why would she, why would he take her into his basement if you're going to his house? Cause it's like an unfinished basement with like a samurai sword on the wall. And I'm like, I guess to like show off his, he sword. lives in but a it Spartan did make me think that lifestyle. Like, but it did yeah. make me think like earlier we see him in a backyard when, um, Throwing uh, knives. uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. That guy, Cobb, Bill uh, Moses. Uh, he he approaches him, and he's like in a backyard throwing throwing knives. And I'm like, oh, that's his backyard. But then I got me thinking. I'm like, wait, maybe he does live in the basement because mm. we don't actually see his house. Do you think she right. he would show her his? Is he down and out? His house? No, he makes a lot of money. It's pointed out. Right, lots of times in the movie that he's the best. Oh, How much boy. money he's making? Like yeah, those. Yeah. So it's, those not like, other it's not like Man on Fire where he's like fucked up. No, now no, and it's can't the, do other, it. the other special forces guys. The other uh, like are the uh, Secret Service guys that he talks to throughout the movie are like good money though. How right? about that sweet paying gig? How about all got? that money you're making though? That's mm. a lot of money. Yeah, and then you're great. like, he's like, uh huh. I love I the money. A, I live in a basement. It mm. might even be his mom's basement. <laughs> I don't want the movie to be longer, but I also kind of, I kind of want to know. I go into my basement where I have a sword. That shit with the sword, sword is really bad. That's a terrible scene. Uh, I love throws it. Up the, I always, I always like, it's, I love it's pretty it classic. It, I love it because it's just like, it's like this whole, it's supposed, I think it's supposed to be all horny and stuff. Right. You know, it's like, oh, this is like, it's like Seduction. foreplay or yeah. whatever. And it's like, she throws the thing up. And I always, I mean, ever since I saw, I saw this movie in the theater, I remember, I just always loved how like, like, man, that sword is fucking sharp. <laughs> this is how I want this to play out because so she's got the sharp. she's got the sword pointed at him like blade up, yeah, being very sex, sexy and flirty. And then he takes <laughs> and her, careless. He takes her scarf off and then throws it up into the air, and then the car- scarf comes down and like cut, cuts in twain and yeah. lands on the ground. And then she should look up and go, "That scarf cost fifteen thousand dollars." <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Or she you? sees it happen and she goes, "Oh shit!" and twitches and like stabs, yeah, stabs him in the heart. Oh, so, and then, so and then she like twi- and, like turns to the side by accident. Now his guts are on the floor. Ah, oh god! Uh, keep your composure, man. Just stay cool. Even you gotta, when, gotta, you gotta stuff my guts back into me right now. Keep the pressure on. Because it's after that that they sleep together. Yeah, and then they do it, and then they wake up, and immediately Kevin Costner's like, "I shouldn't have done this." Yeah, uh, and then she gets, I shouldn't have done this. and then she's like, "That's a, Kevin Costner." And then she's mad at, then she's mad at him for not wanting to have done it, and so then she's shitty to him when they go to like 
a party and then she like almost gets or she gets taken into the other room by the guy who it turns out later was hired to kill her yeah and then it's like a uncomfortable almost rape scene and then she like mike star comes and throws him out or something right yeah that's right and then and it's then, very strange. And then, then, then she goes shopping because she's mad at Kevin Costner, so she's being careless with her life or right. something, which is because she's mad that he, he won't did want to sleep with her, but then she's mad that he didn't. But then she's also mad because he's just crowding her. Yeah. But then also people, at this point, she knows that people are trying to kill her <laughs> or that at least that somebody has been sending her notes and jerking off onto her bed. Yeah. yeah. So you think she would be more careful, but she's... An asshole? Then it is, yeah. I mean, that's how. That's the really. I mean, there's lots of frustrating stuff about this movie, but that is in the, is in the script, presumably, and mm-hmm. that's the most frustrating thing is that she'll be like, you know, like they they go to this house where he's like, all right, if you really want to cooperate with me and do what I say and stop being such a prima donna about this, we go to this we go to this weird house that my dad lives at, all out yeah, in the fucking woods. Let's go to my woods. fucking dad's fucking cabin in the woods. To my dad's cabin in the woods, and then we'll just hang out there. You can watch me play chess with my dad. Yeah. You can watch me play chess with my dad. And it's Ralph Waite plays his I, dad. I am It'll a be great. I am a sucker for. For a cabin in the snowy woods, and, so. she, and she's like, "Okay, I take this seriously now. So we'll do what you say. Drop everything. Drop the tour. We're going out to this house. They go there. Every, everything's getting along fine. And then there is a fucking like gunfight yeah. where a person like blows up well, a bef- boat, almost kills the yeah. kid, and it's all this intense shit happens. And then she's like, "Oh, whoa! Thank God that's over with. I mean, that guy's still out on the loose, right? Yep." Well, we're going to go do the Oscars. Right. And, and I'm, I'm going to be mad at you there. Yes. Well, and that's then he tries to her, save her again at the Oscars. She's like, what are you doing? Her sister Get gets, away from me. <laughs> yeah, her, her sister, sister admits to it and gets murdered. Yes. At, the, at the cabin. Yeah. Her sister has been murdered. My favorite part they about the scene. They have a funeral for her. There's a scene. <laughs> I like the it's scene at the insane. Oscars where like, she melts down. There's a scene where her and her sister sing together because they were like a duo at first and then she got more famous. It's like her sister's mad that she's an asshole and also like super jealous oh, yeah. that she's famous and she's not. I like the scene cool. at the Oscars where she tells she tells him to fuck off yet again at the Oscars and then the slimy British agent guy or whatever, the Cy. manager, Sai, is like, all right, Mike Starr, you're in charge now. I, this is how I always wanted it with the guy who's totally clueless and useless doing all the good work. Yeah, and people like... <laughs> is, is Mike Starr the guy from Goodfellas? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, He's the guy, name? he tries to give Costner some shit and then they fight. They have a knife friends. fight. Yeah. They have a fucking knife fight. This is when it's going back and forth between the romance stuff yeah, and the action bullshit. stuff. You're like, are they having yeah. a knife fight in the kitchen right now? And, and honestly, as we're talking about this, I feel like this movie would work if there wasn't the romance stuff. Sure. It would work. It would be like this guy who is like, I'm trying to do my job, and this lady who's like, I'm going to be the worst person to make you try to do your job. Right. And it'd be like, okay, that makes sense. He's, you know. No, but they have to bone. But then they have to, they do this whole, if they did a thing where they were like looking at each other like, maybe we should bone, but he's the whole movie going like, no, we're not going to bone because that would be unprofessional. You'd be like, yeah, that's his staying in character. The whole date sequence is like totally out of character. Like, Especially because like, he, he totally he, he, opens whole, up. He's like real nice and fun to be around. And this is like at, right after he's like, no, I'm not going to ever do that. Okay, I will. And he's like, no, I'm not. And it's like almost like really turning they, on the charm. You really shoehorned that the whole yeah. uh, romance right in there in the middle. This date scene has a pretty uh, kind of incredible exchange between the two when they're when they're at the uh, you know eating their wings or whatever at the uh, bar where nobody recognizes her. She's like starting. To, she's turning on the charm and she's like. And, and this just reminds me of like Ralph Wiggum or something. She goes, <laughs> "So, have you ever liked anybody?" <laughs> 
<laughs> he go, and then he's he sort of says like him implies that maybe he can't get involved with her or something because something happened with some lady right, that, right, that, right. that she was watching and she goes <laughs> oh okay what happened she didn't uh she didn't die did she <laughs> well, like were... well you were protecting her she got killed <laughs> yeah and, she, and then he looks really he sad. Goes, yes, that is what's happened. She's like, "Oh no!" And then he goes, "Just kidding, yeah. pranks!" <laughs> like, who, who are these people? What is happening? And then they hear the song "I Will yes. Always Love You" while they're dancing. The country version, the country version, the country yeah. version. not the Dolly Parton version. No, a different, some, some a different, dude it's a different one. Sung singing, by some but, dude. But, uh, but and they talk yeah. about how much the song sucks. <laughs> they do talk She's about like, this the song. song. Sucks. They talk a lot about the song, and then of course she sings. That, she's singing that song at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, because I guess she'll always love him. So I he mean, like for some reason he like saves seems her. Like she doesn't. He saves her from getting killed at the Oscars. There is a pretty great shot when he shoots the camera that the bad yeah, guy's holding. His, and the guy's head yeah. blows it's up. It's really violent. Yeah. It's like whoa, Where fuck! The fuck did yeah, that come totally from? Shoots him right through the face. It's pretty I, cool. I yeah, I'm putting that up. I had some questions about the end of the movie. Oh sure. And I'm hoping that you guys can. Help me out here a little. Worst Definitely. part, worst part of the whole movie. Mm. So like they like, uh, she's he's like saying goodbye to her, mm-hmm. and she's like on the plane, and the the song starts playing, right? And then she like is like stop the plane, and she gets off the plane and runs to him, and is like, and they start making out on the runway or whatever. Uh, yeah. Then it cuts to like, then it's like to her in concert or whatever, I mm-hmm. guess, singing that song that right. I will always love you, and then it's like him. At a new bodyguard gig, and the camera does this long <laughs> pan, it, you know, zoom in from like across this room yeah, to him in the corner. He's guarding a politician at a Rotary Club, and like yeah. it's cutting at between the Rotary Club. It's cutting Rotary between that and her like singing the song "I Will Always Love You" and him. They're thinking about each other, I guess. But like, uh, my question was, when she got off the plane, did they get back together? Yeah. Are they still together? I think, no, was I think it, just it was a just like a last kiss, you know. Cause it, cause yeah, it, okay. Well, they literally don't tell you. You don't. That's know. what I mean. And so it was. That's what I was kind of. I remember. I, I don't remember being confused about this when I was younger and saw it. But when I saw it this time, I was like, I'm, "Is this implying that they're together yeah. or that they're apart?" Because at the because if it cut from her on the plane flying away, and that song and him at the place, it'd be like they're thinking about. I'm going to tell other. you why I wasn't confused about this. It's because <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then and then the, during but this, it's our job to care. I know Matt. you're right. You're during right. During this shot, of I abdicate my responsibility. I'm going to not care about the next movie, so you have to care a little. <laughs> that is totally fair. <laughs> There's the shot of of him uh, that they freeze frame on that they roll the credits it's over got a is cross. absolutely perfect because he looks so bored. <laughs> he just looks. It's just Kevin yes. Costner looking kind of a little off center. He wants to kill all these Rotarians. That was my that was my next question. Is not so. It was. It's more of a rhetorical question, but more like. Why did they end on that shot? It's, it's an o- so it's an homage weird. to the four hundred blows. It's so oh, weird, of course. <laughs> right, right. It's so weird. What's he thinking? It's so weird to end on that shot. Yeah, and, yeah. You, and you know, you know what this character's thinking? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> he is thinking about nothing. He is the most. He's maybe thinking about how he's going to watch Joe Jimbo. Just like the song. I have sixty third time. I think Joe Jimbo is maybe the only movie he's watched. <laughs> he's watched it sixty two <laughs> times. That's so many times. Well. There's something I want to talk about. Well, I mean, oh. we're, we're, we've been avoiding the the 500 pound elephant in the room. Robert Wall. Yes, that was what Wall. I was going to say. I wanted, to, Robert, I wanted, Robert I wanted to end our discussion of the bodyguard with Robert. Uh. Wall. So they go to the they, the, <laughs> the end of this movie takes place at the Oscars, hosted by Robert Wall. In your fucking dreams, Robert Wall, who did write a lot of jokes for Crystal when he sure. hosted. This is it, and They're here's not the giving thing. that gig to Robert Wall thing. ever. When you hear those jokes, you're like, these are these jokes. These are bad these, jokes. These are bad jokes, but if they were coming out of Billy Crystal's mouth, you might be like, okay, but when they're coming out of Robert Wall's mouth, you're like, yikes. 
<laughs> Only if Billy Crystal's in blackface. Now, when it. we decided to do this movie, I warned these guys that Robert Wall played the Oscar host, and we have a lot of puns he's, based on Robert oh, Wall's name. Oh, are you going to do that? I have all of them written he's, down. He's he's in it. In, uh, yeah, I, I, when you mentioned that he hosts the Oscars, I remember it ends at the Oscars, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. He'll be in it a bit. He's in it a lot. Yeah. Like, he's in he's in the ending of the movie yeah, like a, a lot. lot. As Robert Wool hosting the Oscars, and he's like, com- he even complains about ke- the bodyguard too. He's, he's like, who like, the, who who the fuck is this guy? Doesn't he understand show business? Bugging me around, bugging and, me. And go. then he goes like, fucking actresses, because because yeah. uh, Whitney Houston's being a prima donna. Yeah. Uh, before you do, before you do that, let me just oh, okay. read the actual joke that he that he does. Oh yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Because yeah. I like to read people's jokes. This is uh, this is do it, is just do it in the voice. He does several. I don't you know, it's me. This is Robert Wool. Hi, it's Ron. This is a five star joke. It's me, uh, also, also, I'd like to point out that one of my my favorite uh, in jokes with Kevin is that we would we wish that he he was in the Bat Dance song, <laughs> yeah. and that they would Robert be like, Wolf. go 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 with a smile, and it would go, Robert Robert Wool, stop Robert, Robert stop Robert, the Wolf. presses. Who is that? Robert Hello, Wolf. Robert Wool, Robert Wool, Robert Wool. <laughs> Robert Wool. <laughs> Anyways, Bat is, Dance, <laughs> Robert Robert Wool, Robert Wool. Stop the press. Who is that? Robert Wool. Robert Wool. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> but uh, but this is a. It's endlessly funny to us. Oh, it'll never. <laughs> I mean, not be I've funny been hearing this for a decade plus now, so I'm used to it. Uh, this is this is his his joke, and uh, maybe there's a uh, it's just between other stuff or whatever. But I heard that in New York, the economy has gotten so bad that the mafia had to lay off five judges. <laughs> <laughs> is that the only one? There's a I think there's the only one, one I got. Uh, I feel like there's one more, but I don't remember some, what it was. Because there's some other bad ones. I'm going to... Anyway. All right. So, look. Here are all the Robert Wall puns that we came up with. You started with Robert the Glue Wall, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> Not really a pun. No bull, all wool, you also said. But then we actually got into the actual puns. Mess with the wool, you get the horns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Triumph of the wool. <laughs> Have gun wool travel. Kevin had get some great deals this Labor Day weekend at Woolworths. Oh no! The road to Woolville, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, or just Wall Street. Wool, wool, wool! Look what the cat dragged in. God. All's wool that ends wool. Wool metal jacket. <laughs> Pink Floyd's the wool. Farewell to arms. Build the wool. Wool the, the city wolf. sleeps. Oh wow! <laughs> Never cry wolf. Never cry wolf. Yeah, <laughs> I like never cry wolf. Wolf. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. But man, pretty this good. Was, I, I made wrote, a I made a poster for uh, Teen Wolf. Ooh, Teen Wolf. That's a good I one. I just took a picture of Robert Wolf. Well, we'll have to put that up. I'll, I'll put, put that up. up on the Twitters. Because this, this is the, the I was waiting to post it up. Uh, this is the only entertaining this. thing about this movie is Robert Wolf. You got to find the entertainment where you can when you're watching this thing. Mm. I mean, it really is inert. It doesn't look very good. Oh, it's just it sucks. It's, 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 not it's a very. very good movie. I mean, it's not like a bad looking movie. It's just very functionally made, and it's just like it's like travel. It's like honestly, like how you said at the beginning, where it's like it's clearly a date movie made for mm-hmm. for for both boys and girls, but it's like in in parts. This part's for boys. Here's a part for girls, yeah. and here you go, boys. Girls, are you getting bored? Here's a thing for <laughs> Here's you. Here's some romance stuff. Hey, boys, don't forget, there is going to be a knife fight in knife here. Knife fight. Here's, a, here's an erotic sword scene. We don't know who this is for, but... <laughs> here's take, a guy jerking off on the bed for you fellas. <laughs> we don't actually get to see that. No, we don't have to, to see it. it. Unfortunately. We don't get to see it. <laughs> oh, damn it. There's none of the... I was looking. I was trying to find uh, more of the Robert Wool jokes. I know he had some other ter- really terrible... I feel terrible, like he had at least one more. He had like he had like a whole little monologue of terrible jokes, and, and like I feel like the... 
audience that they had, the, the recording of the laughing audience was about right in the movie, actually, because mm. they weren't laughing very much. Yeah, he bombs. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> and maybe it's supposed Who's to be... Who's this fucking guy again? Oh, the guy from Batman? Yeah, right. Why is he the hosting the Oscars? Arliss? Vicky Vale? They couldn't get anybody other than Robert Wool to host the Oscars? And this is one of those movies that, like, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm talking about with, like, its version of Hollywood is, like, very low rent. It's oh, just, yeah. It just sucks. Uh, most, I, think, I feel like most movies of this caliber would have other celebrities, right. like, at the Oscars. Like, maybe not A1s, but... Some sort of celebrity would be there. Uh, I don't know. Some someone, they couldn't even get the like, late, like Linda Evans would be yeah. there. Well, like, like, like they, they like, didn't get real celebrities to do the Oscar bit. They could fake celebrities. Like all, well, all of the people that that are nominated and win awards in the movie are like on the crew. It's like like the guy who wins for the sound design is in the sound department on the movie. Oh, Aww. that's oh, it's that's like a nice it's little. Sweet. It's like a nice little that's thing. What, that's what like it was. That. The like the lady and the guy win for sound design. Oh, and, and he's Robert like, he Wold, makes a joke about how Robert she's hot. Robert does a whole thing about like no, she's she's running the sound. You might not. You might not. Uh, hear anything? Yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. talking about. He's just talking about how hot she. She is. has this like really odd, like this really weird strapless dress and stuff. I even <laughs> pointed it out to Molly. I'm like, that seems like an odd dress for the sound designer. And then Robert Wool makes a bunch of designer. sexist jokes uh, yeah. to her. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And the part when she, when you see Whitney Houston, she's. <laughs> This is fu- funny, I- ironically funny, I suppose, that Whitney Houston is nominated for an Academy Award in this movie. Because it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but she's up against like four, and it's just like four random. Yeah, like, yeah. They didn't, they I did, did like, I wish I, I wish I had had the temerity or the wherewithal, I should say, to write down the names of the fake movies that they mentioned in this, because oh, yeah. they were pretty funny. That would be nice. I always like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's always just a little bit off. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have some quotes. Um, mostly, I, I did want to point out that the scene that I thought was the, the funniest scene in the whole movie is when they're like Kevin Costner's. Uh, actually, this, there's uh, many parts parts that are funny about this scene, but it's when Kevin Costner's running uh, security on the Oscar or uh, mm-hmm. on this. Uh, tri- it's not the Oscars. It's uh, it's the AIDS charities that oh, she's yeah, yeah. doing, mm-hmm. and he's walking through the kitchen to like you know I clear the area or something like that and everything that they're cooking is flambe <laughs> this is like the only like <laughs> everything's on flame, fire ev- this yeah. whole place is consumed with flames like they were just like the only thing that, that they knew about in fancy a lot of food. movie movie kitchens oh, it's just yeah, dynamic it, I guess yeah because you're walking by you want because you, you want it to look like it's got, the, it's got the tracking shot yeah. and then you want like as it's going like and then a flame goes off here and a flame in the background yeah. or whatever, you know because you want it to look movement like, color in the shot things yeah. are happening but it looks like the, the this kitchen is fucking insane stop setting everything on fire what are we doing? There's also the scene where she goes to uh, the first scene where he bodyguards her at this like concert he didn't think she should go to. And then he's 100% right because like a bunch of people swarm the stage and like throw her off oh, stage yeah. and start ripping her clothes off. And, and this you're has like, nothing to do with uh, the, her stalker. No, not at all. It's just this a random just, thing. This is just crazy fans. Clearly she needs he security. Does, he does kick the stalker at one point, but we don't know he's a stalker. Right, we don't well, know we do because you see this weird looking guy. Right. And it kind of holds on him a little, and you're like, "That guy's probably the that stalker." Is definitely not Roger Daltrey. <laughs> <laughs> it might as well be. Looks just like him. It does. Uh, there's this. There's a part at the end when uh, you know the guy's got the gun in the camera. The ca- it's a classic camera gun scenario. Yeah. A la True Lies. Most most video cameras have laser sights. Yeah, sure. So, so you know what you're aiming your camera at. Yeah, right. There's no other way to tell. And. Uh, and uh, she, and so he and she's like he's getting all in her business and ruining her night and stuff like that and then he and he's like trying to like figure By out a way to, to save her. he's trying to save her and he's trying to get her away from like with, with the guy with the guy in the gun and he goes Rachel he's like come on Rachel come with me I know who it is and she goes shut up <laughs> <laughs> shut up 
and then there's the part when uh, when the, one of the many many times that uh, when it's gone back and forth and she's like starting to finally agree that she'll let him protect her from her, this guy who's trying to kill her and he goes Rachel you cross me up this time I swear I'll kill you myself <laughs> Jesus good stuff stupid Fun. movie it's a stu- fucking stupid movie, movie. <laughs> uh, anything else or ratings mm. Ratings. One, one Judd. Oh, yeah. Love it. Zero Douglases. This is the least <laughs> sexy movie of all time. What about the jerking up on the bed? Nah. Half then. <laughs> half a Douglas. I don't know. You don't even see that. You, know? you don't even get to see that. They do talk about it more than once. Yeah. Constantly talking about Fine, it. Fine. I'll give it half a it's Douglas. The talk of the for town. That. I'll give it half a Douglas for that. And I'll give it, uh, I'll give it one. Much more interesting screening of Yojimbo. Oh, I want to watch Yojimbo so bad now. <laughs> one thing I'll give this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm with you. Fuck this movie. I'm giving it one shot. This, this I movie totally really expected sucks. when I put this in. I was like, this will be fun. It'll be a neat throwback. It'll be two and a half stars. I wasn't expecting to like it or anything, you know. And it's just so much worse than I could have imagined. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give it a half, half a star for the, Roger Daltrey jerking off on a bed. And I'm going to give it two halves of an $11,000 scarf. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm going to be a little nicer. I'm going to give it I'm going to give it two. Mm. Two Juds. Wow. A generous man. Uh, one wow. and a half. Whoa. I don't know. I don't I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I did I did I do like like a couple of the songs. Um but I mean also like it's way too long. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that does not need to be two over 2 hours or over 20 minutes really. <laughs> yeah. It could be it could be uh you know leaner. Uh yeah, I'll give it uh I'll give it a half a half a Douglas for being about bri- very briefly about a guy who jerks off on a bed and is uh creepy towards her. But otherwise it's not if he really. He was nice toward her. Well, he that might have be, been. That would be we nice. don't know. Yeah. We don't know. They're going to have to let him go though. They don't really have any evidence. <laughs> yeah, they really don't have letters. any It's not illegal to write letters. Um <laughs> as as you well know, <laughs> Kevin. And uh I'm going to give it uh I'm going to give it t- t- 10 out of 10, rubber wools. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Robert, 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 Robert Wool. Robert Wool. All right. He has the Oscar of from my heart. I don't know. <laughs> I'll be interested to see whether you like uh, this next movie more or less than The Bodyguard. I liked it less. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, found this movie I found this movie a bit uh I found this movie irritating. Oh man! And and kind I mean, of I, I hear and all kind that, of, like I found I found the bodyguard like uh, not good mm-hmm. and like like b- boring boring to watch. I found this movie like actively annoying and okay. and kind of repellent. Oh boy! All right, yeah. all right. Well, let's I, jump. I, I definitely don't like this movie very much, but I do think I was talking about this with, with with some people on Twitter the other night. I'm a big I'm a big Tony Scott like auteurist. I love Tony Scott movies. I think that this one is wildly overpraised by his partisans and sort of unfairly dismissed by everybody else. Well, that'll that, be me then, I that guess. That said, <laughs> I still think it's probably his worst film. Wow. I, I'm a big Tony Scott fan too. Yes. And uh, and I hated this. Yeah. I think I think that I think that it does it certainly is a Tony Scott movie mm-hmm. and it has Tony Scott's doing his whole thing. Like mm-hmm. right from the start you're like, This is a Tony Scott movie. Mm-hmm. You know? And but uh, I think I honestly think that like Did you say that you're not a fan? <laughs> I'm not oh, a fan of the fan. Of the fan. Well, here we are with the hopes and dreams of all true Giants fans, ex-brave center fielder and league RBI champ Bobby Rayburn. In the game of life, Come on, bring it, baby. some are chosen for greatness, while others can only watch. Yo, Bobby! Hey, 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 stop. Take your hands off. 
Bobby Rayburn was San Francisco's brightest star. Bobby, a lot of people in this city think you're not earning your keep. But to one fan, he meant so much more. Don't listen to it, Bobby! You're the best! A fan. Watch out for me. I'm the sharpest guy in town. People are scared of you, Gil. Who never stopped believing. I know what he's feeling. He had a bad patch. We all hit bad patches. Go easy on him. You're letting the bat swing him. Hey, Alex, send your head into the outfield. I think it, I think Tony Scott's like whole thing is actively working against this movie actually working. Like I think that like that's the, fair enough. The yeah. thriller elements in it like don't work kind of sometimes specifically because Tony Scott's doing the Tony Scott thing uh-huh. and like it's it's very like I'm like I don't ever feel I never felt any suspense in the movie. I just felt like Tony Scott was you know cutting this up and like making a cool action scene the only scene i liked was the scene where <laughs> de niro's knife fighting a bunch of baseball players because baseball is the most boring sport and i'm like well at least this is something right this is the best baseball game ever it's when they're continuing to play baseball baseball in an all-out maelstrom right it's, it and it's only and it's only boring like, in the baseball they're thinking field. of maybe cutting the uh maybe canceling it's like, the game it's like a monsoon at the baseball field and then it cuts away to wherever de niro hit his kid and it's not raining at all and you're mm. like is it i think it's supposed to be in the same city it would be raining there too, probably, <laughs> unless he unless he's in a different state. No. Well, it probably will not surprise you at all to learn that Scott passed on this movie multiple times well. and only decided to do it uh, because he wanted to make a movie with De Niro. And that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. And also, it's worth noting that this movie came. This is movie is like an like a nodal point in his career. It's the one where he started trying out the stuff that he would be known for in the last decade or so of his career. Mm. The stylistic stuff that he really became known for later on. Yeah. And I've, so he's starting to mess around with it here just so I mean, I think that this is total gun for hire nonsense from Scott. Like he's just going, oh yeah. "Look, I'm going to try to make this kind of interesting for myself and get to work with somebody who I really want to work with and I'm going to try out some things I've been thinking about." And uh, unfortunately, it turned into a very dull movie. Yeah, that was the other thing is I found myself like tuning out a mm-hmm. lot during it. I was kind of like, because uh, it's it's about two guys that I couldn't care less about. Right. Like it's about a guy who's who's like a huge fan of baseball. So for some reason, strike strike one, uh, and then and then he's also an asshole. Right, he's and you're like, cool, guy. strike two. The movie the movie and then, opens and with then, the, with and then him. The other guy that he's a fan of is. Also kind of shitty, although arguably less. Less shitty, yeah. I like Wesley Snipes okay in this. I think Wesley Snipes, sure. I like Wesley Snipes, what he's, I think he's doing a good job mm-hmm. as, you know, but I think the character itself is like, eh. It's interesting to see Snipes do the third version of like, White Man Can't Jump, Willie Mays Hayes from Major League, and yeah. like now yeah. this version of that athlete, this cocky athlete. I personally would have liked him to have a bit more like cocky swagger, like a bit more personality in yeah. this. He's not really fun. No. But he, you can, as a performer, it's clear that he's making that choice because he wants to do something else with that character. You yeah. Know? yeah. It's just not that much fun to watch. No. Well, you kind of know that you're in for it because the movie begins with uh, Robert De Niro reading a poem mm-hmm. about baseball over the opening credits. Yeah. And I'm not going to read it the whole thing. It makes it sound like he can't read. It's just, well, for A, I think it needs to be pointed out, from my perspective, Robert De Niro is bad in this movie. Yeah, he's not I great. think Robert De Niro is thoroughly capable of being like bad. He's, he's sort of phoning it in here. <laughs> so much I don't even know. I think that, because I think it clearly is something he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then I think, it, I don't know that he's phoning it in, but he's just, do, you're like, well, maybe you did it wrong, Bob. Maybe. His, Tempo that the, the the tempo he was operating from during this time was d- does not gel with this character or something. Yeah. But he he reads this this poem in such a and he he sounds so bored when he's reading. <laughs> I can't really do it justice, but it's like 
Excited and anxious, I await my dream to escape, applaud, and embrace my team. Opening day, I always can't trust. It's just for this high that I crazily lost. And it goes on like That's that. That's a long one. On yeah. and on and on. And He's it's over it these, for like three minutes. It's over these like snapshots of baseball, baseball. photos baseball. that you find at the end are him. His, of his, his when, brief career as a little league player, <laughs> right when he did good at little league once, which was the time that he was refer he refers to this the whole the whole movie he's talking about uh, Coop his catcher. This is what my my catcher Coop always Coop. used to tell me uh, was this and that, and then and then you find out at the end that it was when they were twelve years old. Yeah. yeah, so he's just been crazy this whole time. It's I think it's except a, for the time when he was hanging out with the Rolling Stones, and it's, I guess <laughs> and I guess that one because he yeah, keeps right? talking about how he was he there when they the recorded oh, the, the Sympathy for the Devil. They were, yeah. <laughs> He's, well, if you if you go back and watch that Godard documentary where they record that record, De Niro's De Niro's there. <laughs> yeah. He's like looking at the camera. Yeah, he's, and he's, like, he's got like a like knife a, and he's just waving. You know, it's like in the it's like he's in the special edition of Star Wars with Boba Fett. Like De Niro walks up to the camera, looks Turns at around, it, looks and at the then camera, walks, walks away. away. Movie has he's a huge Rolling Stones fan. Movie ha- he uh, multiple Rolling Stones about songs, four Rolling Stones yeah. songs. All the good, all the hits. Which is, which is got the, Gimme Shelters in there. Gimme got Shelter. Sympathy for the Devil over which is the beginning of the movie. Which is the other good part of the movie because I like those. songs. I like those songs. Sure. Except when when De Niro is singing "Start Me Up" in the car, yeah. it's really <laughs> awful. It's one of those things where I don't know if it's intentional or just like lazy editing or something like that, where there you can hear the song uh, mm-hmm. playing in the background, and then he's like chiming in at the wrong moment. Where it'll be like Mick Jagger will be going like "Start Me Up," if you start me up, you never stop. And then De Niro goes "Start Me Up," yeah. <laughs> like wow, whoa, whoa, that's that. That's close. That time has come and gone, close. my friend. And you, and I don't know. Maybe it's supposed to be that this is like a bad time in this guy's life, obviously. Right. But like, you never see. There's never part of the movie where I see it and go like, "Yeah, I can see how some lady would marry this guy and have a kid right. with him." Yeah, it's like, try, there's it never seems any, like they're trying to make him somewhat sympathetic a little bit, like to at least let you into his head a little and and right. get some empathy for him. And it doesn't work at all. Well, the fact that like it, it just it's like one of those movies where I'm like, no, like that he had it that he had that he. <laughs> ever had a wife and a kid like i'm like right. no this guy no this guy did not i've seen i mean like i don't think this is a great movie but like the uh the the uh pat oswald movie big fan right like which i like okay but like it's the same 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 thing but that guy i go yes that right. guy's a guy who's like obsessed with this team and lives in his mom's basement or whatever mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah this de niro character is like that like I'm like I'm like no I do not as, buy I do not a, buy this that he had a relationship with a woman that lasted long enough for them to have a kid. As a riff on the De Niro character of Travis Bickle, Rupert Pupkin at all, this is not up there. Yeah, no, no, and it's supposed to be. It's supposed to. It's be supposed to be. But that's that, that's yeah. like the movie keeps paralleling the two the two yeah. characters in 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 interesting ways and in not interesting ways. Yeah. And it's that seems to be its whole its whole thesis is like we're gonna. We're gonna show you how these two guys are different. Fans and, the same. and famouses are the same, right? And different. And 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 you know they're they're both uh, they're they're both sort of subject to shitty parenting. Um, you know uh, they they the they he he puts them together visually. He's always cross cutting between them doing things, um, sort of the similar things. Forty percent of this movie is. Them talking on the phone. Yeah, talking yeah. to talking to talking uh, to talking Ellen to Barkin, Barkin on who the is, radio show. Is my favorite phone. part of the movie. I think she's really funny in this. Yeah. I just like yeah. her anyway. She ends up being like yeah. a hero at the end. It's sort of yeah. pretty weird. And so, like the movie, yeah, the movie keeps trying to like parallel these two guys, but it doesn't really have anything to say about that at all. 
No. And, no uh, I, I, I'm just saying, like, to, to Kevin's point, like, I think that the, on the surface, this movie is a, a thriller yeah. about a fan whose fandom gets goes too far and gets right. people killed and stuff. But really what this movie is is a, a triumph of a total schlub who somehow had a job <laughs> and a family at one point. Yeah, I know. You're like, that's amazing. <laughs> you had a job and you have a car and stuff? Right? Like You're a total piece of shit. And he's, well, his job is also as a knife, knife salesman. salesman. This is, this I is mean, the heart sure. of what irritates me somewhat about De Niro and maybe man, not so much this is just 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 this one thing irritates me i remember reading about this movie when it came out and de niro d- was doing his doing his whole thing like th- listening to serial his, killers on the yeah yes. in, on headphones and, and he stuff. said he spent months with knife salesmen <laughs> he was like traveling around with knife salesmen to like get into All the he, he was, it mindset. took him months to learn how to shave his legs with a knife <laughs> what what is what <laughs> and, and, I, I'll tell you this Bob you don't see it in the movie <laughs> really? but then, yeah, then when he's selling knives he's just fucking he's selling bad jokes he's <laughs> terrible at yeah. it you can't believe that he ever sold a single knife he's like I just think that you should uh, I don't know change uh, <laughs> well, change your knife uh, he only hung he out spent, with, he spent months yeah. with Gil from the Simpsons <laughs> right? his name is Gil in this yeah movie. it's true he only spent time with bad salesmen <laughs> yeah. apparently so I want to spend time with the most inert energyless salesman possible that I, uh, preferably ones that shave hairs off of their arms and legs speaking of and his balls. weird job I like <laughs> how uh, when, he's, when he finds out he's really good at throwing knives because <laughs> that's because that, I'm not mistaken right it kind of comes as a discovery to him does like, it? Yeah. It seems like there's that part where he like is mad and they're playing. It's like Nine Inch Nails on the soundtrack, Ugh, the and he like soundtrack. throws a knife at like a bug on the door and hits it, and yeah. it kind of cuts back to him going like, "Whoa, I didn't know I could that do that." Knife goes all and the way like, through the wall. And you're like, "You didn't know you could do that?" <laughs> well, the knife is really, really powerful knife too. They are very good knives made in America. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a quality. knife. Speaking of his weird job, this one's though, a prototype. Nobody else ever had this knife. That's why how we're gonna catch. I like the part where <laughs> that's where it is. He's he uh, he gets awareness. fired by by Bulldog from Frasier. Yeah. Is his boss at the knife store or whatever the fuck? Dude, Duke, like, fucking cuts up a car door? Well, yeah. well here, so he, he gets fired. He, his sales are lagging, first of all, but then when he actually does get fired, Bulldog is like, you creep people out. And I'm like, but you're the dude who had a temper tantrum and sliced up a car door in front of everybody, and nobody seems to mind he that. He put that, a car door on his desk and stabs it, like, yeah. 40 times. Right, and he, but then he's like, you're the one who's creeping people out. That's a pro- That's a And that's what I'm talking about that I have a problem with is because I feel like that scene where he's doing that is supposed to be... It's like that whole sequence is almost like Tony Scott's Glengarry Glen Ross. For right, a second. right. And it's supposed to be like, this is what business is like. And look at these tough guys in the business room cutting up car doors or whatever. And I feel like the Tony Scott style like bl- like ruins any kind of uh, grounding or whatever yeah. in that. Because you're like, well, I don't believe that any of this would happen. Also, then later why are they selling like, knives out of the, the police department from and, Beverly Hills Cop? And how does he <laughs> have a, a very good and why does he have a car door? Where did he get that? And <laughs> did he whence? bring it in? Like, did he bring it in and like people saw him going, oh, what's with that car door? Well, we'll wait till the noon meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? What do and you, you don't see the car door until <laughs> he Maybe starts stabbing it? was your old roommate. <laughs> just gave him the car door. Because <laughs> the way it's, because the way it's cut, you, he's just going like, a lot of you people are saying that these knives that we're trying to sell suck. Well, I disagree. And then he start all of a sudden stabbing this car door. And I'd like to see like one of the people at the meeting go like oh that's why yeah that car door it's on like there. a it's like a sketch uh <laughs> what, a car door's been here the whole time that whole scene reminds me of that uh that that new netflix sketch show everybody should watch it yeah what's that one the, the uh, i think you should leave i think you should leave oh, it I just it, it just almost reminds me of a scene like that where then it would cut to these other guys and they're like oh see i saw him bring that car door in earlier today and i was wondering what it was for <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just like it almost feels like it's the start to like a fucking comedy sketch uh, 
And like, it cuts to the next guy, and he's got like a fucking tire or something. You oh. see? Let me show you how this knife works. Like, you know, whatever. They're all gonna bring, they all brought parts of cars. We all brought stuff to. And they, ever, and they ever, rebuild a car and drive it out of there. Have you ever watched any of those weird knife demo videos? Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. No. They have one. They actually have one at Hattie's on tape. It's like an hour, and it's just like dudes cutting up like <laughs> steel cables and like oil cans and shit with wow. different knives. De Niro watched a thousand hours of those. <laughs> I can see how. Yeah, that's why he's so good. He puts the work in. It's like so a giant he can deliver. He puts the work in so he can deliver the same sort of like De Niro-y inert bullshit that he always he's does been doing for twenty years he's now. Been doing forever. Yeah, I think De Niro's is is good at, oh, look he's a good actor and the stuff he that he's great in, he's be, great he still can do good stuff but there's plenty of movies where you watch De Niro in and go like this is the guy that we talk about in rarefied air yeah like this is one of those movies that you watch and go like is De Niro bad sometimes is he's he bad yeah ba- bad and then you have to watch like a taxi driver go, oh I mean he's still capable of doing good stuff yeah you know it's a movie we've mentioned so. more than once on this podcast that everybody should watch is Stone yeah Stone is great good performances Real. from, from the hated Edward Norton Robert De Niro and yeah. uh, my beloved Mila Jovovich. All three Jovovich. of them. You know, I like I like Norton in that movie yeah, he's too. Great he in is it. he is actually doing a real obnoxious thing, and his character is supposed to bug me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it actually Success. Is working? I'm glad. It's like one of those where it's like good casting because I already hate this guy, mm-hmm. and then I'm supposed to, so it worked. <laughs> it works out for everyone. If I'm supposed to like Edward Norton, your movie's not going to work for me, <laughs> well, except for Moonrise Kingdom. I think he's good in that. People think, versus Larry uh, Flint. Oh, he's good in all the Wes Anderson. You're right about uh, the Tony Scott style <laughs> conflicting with what what might be making this movie work. I think it makes. I think his style makes it. He can, he's a guy who can make uh, non-thrilling scenes more thrilling. But I think it takes like the, some of the suspense scenes and makes mm-hmm. them. It just turns them into yeah. like uh, you know some sort of a puree, and it doesn't really like. Then it's kind of like ah, I don't get any. I'm not getting any th- suspense from this. I'm just getting the Tony Scott yeah. thrills. And I, I'm I'm like I love I love when he does that stuff in like True Romance or uh-huh. something, you know. But uh, I don't know. It just didn't. Like or, or even the next movie he did, uh, I think it was Enemy of the State was his next movie uh-huh. after this. Uh, enemy and enemy. I, lo- I had to look it up because Jack Black has Jack a Black tiny part in this. And in this, Jack yeah. Black is one of the tech dudes in mm-hmm. Enemy of the State. That's right. Yeah. I the the formal the formal stuff works for me in parts of this. Like you know, I complain that so much of it takes place over the phone, but I think some of the cross cutting is really tight. Um, some of the parallel editing is really good. There's a really great bit where where uh, Wesley Snipes is is at the driving range. And he hits a golf ball, and it cuts to him swinging the bat. Stuff like right. that really works really well. It's pretty, you know. I mean, it's super, it's superficial, but I like the way that he's trying to use that to parallel the two guys and to like make associations that you wouldn't necessarily need to make. And I definitely think that as silly as it is, the knife fight and the baseball rain monsoon scene at the end looks amazing. I love the way it's that neat. it's sort of referencing Last Boy Scout, right? Not just because of the rain, but like the mo- the the big jumbotron stuff in the background. Like the stuff where De Niro's on the mound and he, like his the image of himself is behind him, I think looks amazing. And he's looking at the image of himself, on yeah, going you know, like, "Yeah, this is what I wanted." It's all in there. This is what I wanted. Uh, hold bit. on, I gotta cut a guy's throat. And it <laughs> also a little bit. it also is reminiscent of the scene at the end of Last Boy Scout where he kills the guy with the helicopter blades, and then he's dancing, and you but his image is, is in the jumbotron, and it's like just the big close up of his, and it's all blown out, weird pixelated image of yeah Bruce Willis. So like. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that the ends justify the means here, but I do enjoy the means. I don't think it fails in every way. And it's the scene, a nice fight at the end works. That's no. like an action scene. Right. Tony Scott can do that. Also, in which he... in which Robert De Niro appears to murder John Cruck. He murders a guy. It's John Cruck. Uh, I don't Famous know Famous Phillies. 
Okay. John Kruk is in this. I, I didn't put it together that that's who he kills in it. But if that's so, no, because John Kruk rushes up to him and he like does a thing, and that guy falls over. You don't see him anymore. No, you do. You uh, see yeah. his. You see his dead body. No, you see his shows. body, but like I wasn't sure if that was oh, the no. guy that he. And it's like it's definitely he kills John Kruk. Well, I don't know. Anyway, as a yes. as a uh, as a as a non baseball fan, Dykstra was, as well. That was a, that was another strike against this movie for me was that it's like about, who gives a shit about, about baseball? baseball fandom mm-hmm. in general, and I'm like, oof, this is hard. This is gonna be hard to watch, isn't Atta it? Boy, Bobby. It opens with a goddamn poem John, about baseball. Robert De Niro screaming his own name repeatedly throughout <laughs> oh, the course of the film. Bobby, Bobby, let's play some fucking ball. It opens with baseball poetry, and then it's a lot of scenes of the baseball games. And yeah, good. De Niro just just being that fan. I think that this this movie was probably conceptualized because somebody went to like one of their kids like football games <laughs> and like it's based had on a novel. Had an alt- oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. It's like it's like, and then the, the the person who created it like went to the one of these because these people are at every game, and and it's particularly pathetic when they're at like a kid's like, yeah, like a yeah, high school yeah. oh, football yeah, yeah. game or something like that and there's a dad who's like fucking kill him and everyone hates them there's so a scene I think like that, that someone, in this movie oh absolutely oh it's so many because pa- I, I, I played I played soccer growing up but same thing it would be the parents on the sidelines and they're all fucking they're all screaming and like when you're yeah. not when you're not on the field I remember going to like watch some of my sister's like uh, high school games and when you're not like playing and you're hearing the parents on the sidelines you're like shut the fuck up yikes but the parent, like most, even of the they're parents, even mad when they're like yelling. It's going, kick it, kick it, God! And you're like, it's not going to help. They're not listening to you. Most of the parents are all like cheering. Hack the if, bone. If Hack like, the bone. If they're like my parents, then they're just like, uh, we don't care, but we're here. We're here for him. And then a lot of the parents are like, yeah, we we do like sports and go. We want our t- you imagine kids to having, win. You yeah, imagine yeah. having kids and like having to go to their fucking sports games so, like drunk dads just, just look, shoot me now drunk dads base their whole life around it oh god like i'm gonna go to that disgusting. game and fucking scream at my kid if he doesn't do the right thing and scream at the referees if they I uh, walk the dog and i see the parents at the schoolyard and they like, have their little kids playing soccer and they're all like okay bobby and i'm just like yeah, go home <laughs> Get me out of here! I'm just a, I'm just a piece of shit. I hate these people. <laughs> you'd be the exact same way. I yeah. see the way you are with your fucking dog. I yeah, know, you'd imagine dog. if that was a kid. You'd like your kid. That's the whole. I, thought, I mean, you'd I, be I, insane for about years, your kid. For years, I wanted to be a parent very badly, and I, in my last few years, I've been like, you know what? No. Yeah. <laughs> the dog's bad enough. <laughs> we put the dog on Prozac. Actually, now she's an angel. Oh. Good. Yeah. Drugs work. She still hates other dogs, but she's, she lets me hug her and stuff now. It's so it's so she's cool. T- maybe maybe too uh, too listless to be able to do too much damage to <laughs> yeah, those dogs exactly. if she fights them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she can't no, kill she, other dogs. It's made now. her. It's made her like happy. She's not scared all the time now. Well, she's good. a good. She's a good that's dog. Good. Can you uh, do, does that drug work on people? Because I could use <laughs> Prozac. Could use, Prozac. Yeah. Is it a specific kind of doggy Prozac? Well, or do they I don't just give think so. It's called, it's, like, it's called fluoxetine. It's like mm. less. I think it's like less potent, maybe. Or yeah, something. I don't know. It's like she takes like thirty milligrams a day. Yeah, my sister's well, dog was on doggy Prozac for a while. That dog was nuts, dude. Uh, he can be very scary. Scary. No, scared. Oh, scared. Sorry. Yeah. No, Your he was like dog? very anxious, like like mine. He's, he's he is super anxious. Yeah. yeah. He's got like some problems. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, back to the fan. Anyway, back to the fan. Uh, you know, you know, all I do like in this was Benicio. Benicio's doing yeah. a thing until Actually, he gets his he gets his skin flayed from his body. He's not only so he's not up. only doing an accent; he's also doing like a voice. Yeah, it's great. And he only gets to he doesn't get to say much, but it's it's like I'm going to play the way I want to play. <laughs> he's Give like me the keys, a, you fucking cocksucker. He's doing a whole thing. This is like this. He'll flip you for real. This I'll calls a flip you for real. This movie had some stuff that called back to that scene that we were complaining about in the Bodyguard, where yeah. she goes to a place and nobody knows who she is. There's a, a right. lot of parts in this movie where Robert De Niro either calls people 
in places where he shouldn't be able to just get through. Yeah. Like baseball, just, like baseball, like calls locker Wesley rooms. Snipes up in the locker room. Yeah. And, and, and also, like, when he just goes and kills... The umpire? Benicio. Oh, Benicio, yeah. It's yeah. like this whole thing where you're like, this guy is a super famous... There's a scene earlier that's more realistic where, like, him and Wesley Snipes are going to get into it, and then, like, he's got an entourage with him, and they're like, hey, man, uh, yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's how that would be. There'd be people around. And, like, this is just a thing where this guy, they just let this other guy go into right. the room, to the sauna, where Benicio is. This super famous. These are the, yes. He's at Him the and top, Snipes he's are the, the two superstars on the yeah. team. The top of his game right now. And they're just like, go on ahead in there. And nobody, knew, nobody knows who killed that guy. Nobody knows who killed that guy. <laughs> who did he, like, who, who, who's, who's the, who are the detectives on this fucking You don't thing? even find out that there's an investigation into this murder until, like, the very Late end in of the movie. movie. You yeah. see some detectives and you're like, whoa, all right, and I he guess like, there is. He, like, killed him by stabbing him in, like, uh, in his, in his whatever, the ephemeral artery. Yeah, ephemeral artery. And he's, like, with a knife. Cause this, cause you gotta, just like cause, the killer in Switchback. Because this, guy's, cause this yes. guy's, uh, this guy's, like, a knife salesman. And so he know he knows a lot about knives. He's about all the cuts. We got there's two two movies in a row that we covered where, where the guy that knows about knives. He knows a lot about it's knives. A knife guy. Uh, and then uh, and then but then also it's later revealed that he like not only did he kill him and just sort of, I guess watch him bleed to death. And he actually like, should be pointed out he kind of accidentally kills him. Yeah, it's in a fracas because he's like, yeah, yeah. I think uh, maybe you should give uh, Bobby his number back a little bit. But maybe you just give his number back, and then he's like, get out of here. And, he, like, <laughs> throw, and then he's like, he's they're like struggling and fighting, and then you see, and then he like Benicio kind of like slumps back, and he's got the knife in yeah. his thigh. And you can tell De Niro's like, oh, that's not kind of what that wasn't the plan. Get right. out of here! Get out of oh here. my god! Get out of here! Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Benicio but, del Toro, so, so he, uh, It's like he's I'm, right here in the fucking room. That is my number. So he, but he also, but then like, so he, so what he, he kills, but he's just really, he's so good with knives that when he so does, good. that right. when he does stab him, he just, he just instinctively stabs him in just the right place. Then he's like, well, this worked out okay. And while I'm here, I'm going to fucking <laughs> flay this, this tattoo off of his arm. So put I can put it, in, so can put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in a guy's freezer later. Oh boy. And, and, and yet step. nobody, this is, oh, so this is like a fucking super famous dude in the sauna alone, mm-hmm. uh, presumably at a place where there's other people because yeah. De Niro got it's in there. It's his somehow. house. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's in a public place. Yeah, he didn't break into his house. It's inside a public place. And this guy comes in, fucking murders him, and then, like, takes some time to saw some skin off of his body, and then leaves. And then I guess someone found him sauna. later and was like, shit, who could have done this? <laughs> yeah. And nobody, it's a mystery. Nobody really, it, like, it, you hear about it throughout the course of the movie, but nobody seems really concerned about no. any of it at all. No. There's a funeral for him. And yeah. then everybody, they, everybody's upset. Sure. Everybody's very upset. And, they, and like, with the funniest part to me, and I don't. Uh, think that this is unrealistic is like how the baseball fans are all very sad he's dead but yet still when uh bobby when wesley snipes goes out to bat they're still like boo yeah. <laughs> they still because they hate him at that point and they still they're still like we're very sad this one guy died but you suck you fucking suck boo and you're like yeah that's sports fans for you they, i think they some, sports I think fans right they... now are trying to get, are like why aren't there why isn't there fucking football <laughs> there needs to be fucking college football and you're like you think college students should be playing football and they're all gonna get sick and die good <laughs> covid might not be real and yes it's all i have to live for College football. <laughs> they should all die. So I can watch a game. They should all die and not get paid. 
They should all die and not get paid. <laughs> yeah, I don't want them to get paid. I do yeah. want them to die. I'm a fan of sports. I want them to die for the love of the game. So, I mean, in that regard, this this movie presenting a sports fan as a psychopath is like, it's <laughs> not a good performance by De Niro. It's not necessarily a realistic portrayal of a person, but I think it's kind of how sports fans are. They suck. <laughs> Constantly fling. Every single one of them. Every single Every one of them. It's true. Every single one of them. Every single one. From the casual fan to the obsessive. Absolutely. No, Even so human garbage. Including myself. What I got, if you like sports... <laughs> You're dead to me. What I got from this movie is Travis. No such thing as a casual fan. Mm. Wow. If you're if you're a casual fan, you're not a fucking real fan. Even if you like watch one sport during, even if you just watch the Super Bowl and that's it, you're capable of cutting the skin from a man's body. One hundred percent. I know I am. Absolutely. Me too. <laughs> I watch the Super Bowl. I think about once it a all year, the time. I think about cutting your skin off all the time. Yeah, it'd probably come off pretty easy. Yeah. I don't feel like my skin would put off much of a fight. Well, I put you in the sauna first and loosen yeah, you up. Yeah, absolutely. You know. You could probably just pull it off. <laughs> yeah, that, see, that might have, so it might have come off real easy because they it's were basically in the like sauna. an instant pot for a person. Yeah, cut through it like butter. <laughs> like butter. Oh yeah. And I know knives. Yeah, I spent two months uh, with with knives with salesmen. Really uh, figure uh, out what they're like. I think that part of it is that like I think that this movie would work better. And I again going back to Tony Scott mm-hmm. being wrong for it, kind of because like he puts a button on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when De Niro starts throwing the knives, it's like playing Nine Inch Nails and it's doing that like right. sort of like jittery cutting into oh, his face. And oh. It's doing a lot of that stuff. <laughs> and then like when you see when he goes, go to your freezer and Wesley Snipes opens the freezer and sees the baggie with the skin and it's kind of like you know, it's like a, yeah, yeah. it's like really putting a button and you're kind of you're kind of like this movie. I feel like the movie would work better if it was just sort of like a bit more sedate, a little more plainly dire- like directed yeah. it by a nor- in a normal way right. without all that stuff. And you'd be like, oh, shit, that's a fucking tattoo from the guy's arm right. as opposed to going like, yeah, yeah, stop yelling at me, movie. <laughs> you don't need to scream. I get it. I get it. That's fucked yeah. up. But like now that you've told me it's so fucked up, I'm kind of starting to think it's not so fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, you know, make it numbs you like it's kind of and he can do that in movies sometimes. Where it like kind of absolutely can numb you to like sometimes he goes too far, man. I think so. The music is is one of the most embarrassing parts about the whole movie because <laughs> this tough, came out yeah. a year after Seven, and he's just using the exact same music that they use at the beginning. Yeah. That I think is Nine Inch Nails. It's yeah, a but it's, it's a version credits, of Closer. It's, it's like, like an instrumental version of Closer yeah. at the beginning. It's of exactly seven, right? the same thing that they play in the opening credits of Seven, and then he also plays this uh, other parts of the song. I think throughout the whole thing. I don't know if it's separate Nine Inch Nails songs or the same one, um, but it is like some remix of You Get Me Closer to God or Closer, which yeah, is the name of the closer. song. And uh, and they play it throughout the whole thing, and it's already already been done just a year before. And similar, it's it's very embarrassing. And there's a part of it when uh, there's a part of it when De Niro is like, because De Niro kidnaps Wesley Snipes' extremely nice son, by the way. <laughs> Wesley Snipes' extremely kid. and extremely uh, uh, trusting. Young man, but too nice. Yes, I would say he's too nice. Because oh, Daenerys like your father. I just met you. I know I just met you, but your father says you wants you to come with I'm me. I'm gonna he's take like, your, sure, gonna take his right. car, wear his clothes, and we're gonna go somewhere. <laughs> he did sure, save him. Good. He did save him from drowning. I he did like. Save, I do like the scene where he's uh, where De Niro's in the closet and he puts on the he puts on his clothes. Oh yeah, I thought that was a good scene. Like, oh. Uh, but he, but he's like, so the kid f- at, a, at a certain point, because De Niro goes and picks up his old catcher, Coop, who's just Coop. like a fat security guard guy, who's like, hey, we were fucking 12. What are, you, are you crazy? Oh, you are. Okay. So we're kidnapping a kid together now? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so Coop, like, helps. I wish I'd never met you a long, long time ago. <laughs> the kid figures out way too late that, like, what's going on and that this De Niro's dangerous, and Coop helps him, like, escape. 
but it's all for naught because De Niro like you know finds him almost immediately in his car and he's walking towards him and the music is playing the Nine Inch Nails music is playing and it's just Trent Reznor going I want to fuck you (laughs) I want to fuck you and And it's De Niro looking at this little kid you're like Jesus and this guy has been set up as like having his own kid and we're so I think we're supposed to be like oh no he's gone too far now except like the way he treats his son and the whole relationship with him and his ex is so uh, is so toxic and awful that you're like you're like yeah I don't I don't first, of all, I don't believe, first was... of all I don't believe again I don't believe that this guy would be would would have been with someone long Absolutely enough to not. have a kid but then also like it, you're it's supposed to kind of be like oh no he's he's now he's far gone because he's gonna hurt this How kid did he or whatever get and you're joint like, custody of the kid I don't believe that he wouldn't have hurt a kid at the beginning he leaves he, like, he leaves, leaves the kid at the baseball to game to go sell knives and he's like and then the kid you know that's amazing it doesn't work out so and good the kid is no, mad at him. You know, it's yeah. like he goes and yells at his ex a couple of times. <laughs> breaks into their house. Breaks into their house. <laughs> he locks himself his... in his room. <laughs> I just want you to remember, <laughs> always play play baseball good or whatever. And he's a bad. He, he's like a real. He's like a real hard person to to take to stomach right from the start. Mm, when, yeah. Right from the beginning, when he's got his fucking watch that rings yeah, with yeah. the baseball theme, and he's got his Giants shit all over his his van and he's just on the phone with this sports this sports uh, show with uh ellen barkin and the guy from from wayne's world <laughs> i can't remember who's actor he's uh he's like uh the guy from no Hope he's like Bar. rob lowe's he's it's like rob guy. lowe's toady in wayne's world yep it is indeed the guy from Wayne's World and No Holds no Barred. Barred. He's you know evil, who we're he's talking the evil about. executive in no he's, in, Holds he's in like every christopher guest movie <laughs> yeah he's too. In a ton i can't of remember show. the guy's name but he's like uh, him and him and Ellen Barkin have a have a radio show. The pod, the the future true crime podcast about the events of this movie is probably going to be real good. Oh man, I can't wait! <laughs> They'll have the Nine Inch Nails music on it too. Are they going to interview? They're going to interview the people who investigated the Benicio del Toro murder. You know, like, <laughs> off, we oh were man. very bad. Off we the, were very off bad. Off the air, I am going to tell you about this genius idea I had for a TV show. <laughs> Well, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna. I don't want anybody to steal it from me. So I'm not gonna. Oh, because okay. Because remember, we had the idea for uh, the making of Star Wars show. Yeah. They're doing it with the Godfather. Yeah, dumb idea. Should have been Star Wars. I know, but still, they're still <laughs> they're stealing our act because this was a good this was a good idea. Yeah. Anyway, I've got a new one. Okay. Sounds good. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> and none of you will ever hear about it. That's right. Especially all the TV execs who listen to this show. Exactly. I know you're out there. Um, last one of you bitches. Yeah, there's a whole scene. There's a whole scene where he beca- where he becomes friends with Leslie Snipes, and then immediately Wesley Snipes is like, "I don't want to be friends with this." Creeped guy. out already because he saved his son, and he's like, "I don't." He's kind of like, but he's like, "I don't give a shit." If he's well, he gets creeped out right away too. Well, he's like, he's like happy he saved his kid, yeah. and then he's creeped out as soon as he invites the guy back into his house. Well, yeah. they start having a catch together on the beach, and yeah. he's kind of going like, uh, "Tell he, me the truth, thought you a little bit glad that Benicio del Toro's dead, a little bit, a little bit glad." And he's, he's like, like, "Well, I no. don't, I don't." And also, like, the reason I'm hitting now is because I sort of gave up. You know, yeah. I, I don't care if he's now like, the fans you, love me. You give or... up? Oh, the fans are stupid, huh? Well, what if I said I was a fan? What if I said I was the only fan? <laughs> I'm your number one fan. Yeah, that's when his catchphrase becomes, now do you care? Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So he sa- he's saying this, like, now he's like, you don't care, you don't care, now do you care? And then uh, Snipes is like, oh, well, well, that's the end of this. This has been fun. You can keep my glove and hat. Don't kidnap my son. Oh, no. And uh, then uh, you did. And, it, and the whole thing ends with like a like where De Niro has his son kidnapped, and he's like, I want you to hit a home run for me, Bobby, or I'll kill your son. Yeah. Where's my home run? It's and pouring they, rain. They should have canceled this game hours ago. It's what would he, what would he have done rain. if they called the game? 
I, th- he doesn't say that he'll he like you better hope it doesn't rain either, Bobby, because I'll right. kill him. Yeah, he doesn't say that, but like the the movie he, still like pr- positions it as if if it's like, if, if it, they, they call, rain, the game, call the game, then he's gonna kill his kid. Because because what would, I think he would probably do is go like, okay, well they called the game, so I'm gonna keep your son kidnapped yes. until the weather's better and you can hit a home run and then hit a home run. Right. Yeah, you'd think. But he's I mean you know he's pretty crazy. He's pretty crazy. He's pretty the cops crazy. are finally on his tail because they finally started doing some investigative work just like moments before this yeah. any of this happens. But there's a game where uh, <laughs> they just started investigating the Benicio del Toro murder. It's, it's we put a, it on the back burner for a while, but all right, we have to now. <laughs> yeah. So it all leads up to this game where Wesley Snipes has to hit a home run, and uh, the pitchers don't want to pitch to him, and he's getting mad at them. And then it starts raining and all this stuff. Mm. It's really it's fucking ridiculous. It's very, I think the ending is pretty cool. It's very. I, I'm not it's silly. I, but I will say that like on the the one thing like I would complain. I'm talking about Tony Scott is wrong for this and stuff. At the same time, the only redeeming quality this movie has is that like it's like I got the the thrill of like ooh it's like a Tony Scott movie mm-hmm. like at times like when it's raining and they're having a knife fight on a baseball field right. in the rain and yeah. like you said with the jumbotron and stuff it's like that's all neat right and like that's cool it, it's I mean but it's like working against the mm-hmm. the movie I think but it's also like okay it's one of the only joys from the movie is seeing like yeah. the shots of the bridge at the you know sunrise with his vans driving across and stuff and you're like ooh this is a Tony Scott movie mm-hmm. you know. But like his formal powers are are not to be not to be uh, underestimated, but, but they can be misapplied. Yeah, and I think that it just it just doesn't work here. And I mean, also this movie, I feel like this movie has other problems. Like we're talking well, about Robert yeah, De Niro, script, and the script's not very good. And, and Robert De Niro is just kind of doing all. He could hang out with. He could have hung out with like. Knife salesman for a year. If this is what he gets from it, then just don't. gonna end up doing the same thing that he always does. Like it's he, very strange. Did he just me. like hang out with them and like get drunk? Like he like hung out with them for months and then just forgot everything, or was that it? Was it like they're all terrible people or psychos who I, like are bad at knife salesmanship? I could also see an actor doing this if they're like a chameleonic actor, like a like a Daniel Day Lewis or a Philip Seymour Hoffman, who like changed the way that they talk and carry themselves in yeah. movies for each role. <laughs> but De Niro just does movie. the same. F- I mean, it's good when it's good, but it's, he just talks and carries himself the same way. It's him going movie. like, it is him going like, so you want me to just do the Robert De Niro I'm thing? just going to do the Robert De Niro <laughs> thing that I've always done and have always been famous for doing. Yes, yes, do Maybe that. I did a little bit of a voice for playing uh, Don Corleone in Godfather 2. It was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> what, long uh, fucking what about Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh, he might have. For all I know, he might have an accent in that. He does. He does Boris Badenov, and then he's like, "Oh, what are you doing?" What? Uh, like God bless. What us. happens at the end? Of this? How does he get it? I think he's he's like <laughs> threatening. Forgot. He's like threatening no, to the throw a baseball, and, with, and he gets Wesley away. Snipes doesn't know where his kid is at this point. So he's Snipes like, "Please don't throw that ball. The cops are going to shoot you." And he does anyways. The cops shoot him, uh, and then he finishes reading his poem. And this is this is this is happening on the baseball diamond after the kids, right? Uh-huh. Because he's on the baseball, and like he stabs Wesley Snipes at some point. Yeah, yeah. And then Snipes like runs up to him while he's dying, and he's like, "Fucking tell me where my kid is, you yeah. maniac!" And he doesn't even he doesn't even have a moment's grace where he kind of like realize he like goes, "Okay, well the jig's up, so here's where your kid is." He just dies like a coward, and then the the cops find the kid anyways. The end. Yeah, because then it ends, and you see that's when he's locked away in this place where it's got like all the photos heads. of the, but mm-hmm. it's got the photos of the cutouts. It's it calls it ends the same way it opened with the yeah. shots of him as a little boy, and except now you know that that's the game he was talking about when he was a little league player. Yeah, you're like, wow, this guy was that crazy, and he the somehow had a kid. He shouldn't. I guess there's a lot of people out there who shouldn't have kids, probably. So. <laughs> Definitely. It's maybe that's the, maybe that's not unrealistic. It just seemed to me that it was like I don't buy it. I wasn't buying it. 
John Leguizamo's in this movie. Did we? Yeah, point he's that? the, he's the smarmy, the smarmy agent. I, I talked about how irritating this movie is, but like Leguizamo normally would be on top of that list, but he's actually not. It's more just like the movie bugged me. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's constantly like cracking jokes. I, sh- I should have like had them all down, but he's he's like he's the comic, uh, the quote unquote comic relief or anything. Right. I, I don't remember what the context is, but at one point he goes, "Hey, look, Schindler has a list, not me, okay?" <laughs> at one point he uh, good, he's good he's like buttering up Wesley Snipes. He's like, I forget all the different things he's calling him, but he says he says that he's Othellian, and it's Othelian. like that is not what you think it means. <laughs> Yeah, there's a part when De Niro saves the guy, saves the guy, guy's kid, or saves Wesley Snipes' kid, and he's taking him out, and and he's running over to the beach. He goes, "Look at Mark Spitz over here." <laughs> That's what he does. That's why you hire Leguizamo. That's why you hire Leguizamo. Because you got to get that wit. Barkin is uh, worth every penny. I think Barkin's Barkin funny. Barkin is one of the only Barkin people who comes funny. off as maybe like the real person. She's playing like that, like tough broad who's like yeah. acts like she does because she, she's like because yeah. she's. Dealing with sports guys all the time yeah. or whatever. But I she's, find uh, she's pretty. I, she's pretty good. As as you know, the movie is sort of dealing with these versions of these thwarted, toxic men. Right. She kind of fits in there in an interesting way as someone who is equally toxic. But, <laughs> yeah. But not a man. <laughs> That's how you have to behave in order to get the kind of attention that these guys right. respond to. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's a really, really funny scene. This might be my favorite scene in the whole movie where you, you first see, like, uh, De Niro cracking because, like, all the pressures, mm-hmm. all the things are falling down around him, and he's he's really needs, like, he's the boss. Is, like, is it you the really scene where the, to... he's talking to the manager of the sporting goods store? I believe so. The guy's, like, looking at the girl's tits on the, yes. th- the security footage. It's great <laughs> because De Niro's like, I, you know, I spent uh, two months uh, with knife salesmen to, so I can say, hey, you want to buy some knives? <laughs> These knives are very good. Maybe you should buy these knives. And the guy's like, nah, I already got this guy who sells me knives or whatever. Like, he goes, you got any kayaks? And he's like, kayaks really set him off. And he's like, kayaks? What you asked me a fucking fuck kayak? You, talk about? you bother me about a fucking kayak? You talking to me about a fucking kayak? And he goes, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> he does say that. <laughs> and he goes, how about you get some kayaks and stick them up your fucking ass, <laughs> moron? <laughs> That's, a, that's that's totally, the best part of the whole that's movie. A, that's a that's clearly like just because you can you can kind of tell when De Niro is like ad libbing a little <laughs> bit, you know. He's like, "Why don't you get some kayaks and stick them up your fucking ass?" Moron. It's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like when uh, like Pacino and Heat when he's doing the thing about the goddamn chicken. Oh, you can tell that he's like chickens. not really getting the line out. <laughs> it's I'm so make good. It feel like I'm doing this on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> there's a part in it where he's talking to his kid. Um, and he says when he says that he partied with Mick Jagger. He says it twice. He says, he says it more than once. I'm like, you never partied. After we finished ever. recording this song, Mick and I, we partied. Yeah. Dude, you didn't. You never partied his, once with anybody. That is kind of funny. And his kid goes, who's, who's Mick? Mick Jagger? He yeah. goes, he goes, whatever. He goes, Jason Pellegrini's dad uh, says Mick Jagger was gay. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, well, Jason Pellegrini's dad takes it in the ass. <laughs> Which, like, it's I think, wise. It's I think, wise. I think a lot so of the, worthless sage I think, advice. I think is what like it is. some of that dialogue, like that's obviously supposed to be like, oh well, this is like toxic something something. But I just think the movie doesn't care no, enough to. It doesn't really do. The movie doesn't either. explore any of that enough to no. uh, make it mean anything. No, yeah. you know. Uh, there's and, another. And Wesley Snipes' character, while not being a psychopath, is I, I found him like he's fine, but he's like also a little. He's like he's, yeah, he's like kind of a dick. A little unlikable or whatever. 
in the movie, but I don't know. It was f- He's presumably less unlikable than the real Wesley Snipes. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> he's making a comeback I, hey, in look, people's hearts. I love Wesley Snipes. I think he's a tremendous actor and performer, but apparently he's a real prick. <laughs> yeah, the fa- the most famous are the, the stories, Blade stories. The Blade from 3 stories, yeah. yeah. Right. Pretty incredible stuff. Yeah. That's an odd character to decide to do sure. this day in character thing the whole time. Like, you want to do that with Blade? Just just talk in a whispery voice when yeah. they say action. Uh, but there's there's another line in here that this maybe fits in with some of the stuff that uh, Kevin was saying, uh, because this is when they're having the catch and in Wesley Snipes, Snipes starts to stay, say stuff that uh, De Niro doesn't like, including this: diehard baseball fans are fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> De Niro does not like that. No, as you might imagine. Yeah. I don't know. We're in agreement, me and him. This, no, this some, this like this is a, one of those bad. Mo- I th- it's almost a bad good movie for me because it's like really ridiculous. I think it's an interesting bad. Movie. I just yeah. it was like it was to me. I was tuning out a lot. Mm-hmm. I just was like I couldn't. I couldn't. I was just like this is gonna be the whole thing. Like once it kind of got going a little bit, I was like fuck. This is gonna be the whole movie. Isn't it? It's gonna be like this. And then I'm like t- trying to just be like I gotta pay attention to like what happens in it. I don't have to talk about this. Yep. I've always also had a little <laughs> bit of a soft spot for this movie just as on a, as a nostalgia thing because this was the, the movie that I saw the day that I moved into my dorm room freshman year. Aww. It's like in a new, you know, in the new college town, didn't know where anything was. I'm like, okay. I guess I'll find a movie theater tonight and go see the fan. Well, that's good. So yeah. like, even at, even then, while I was watching it, like knowing that I, w- that I was watching yeah. a not good movie, I was like, ah, okay, I'm settling mine in is, here. At least I'm at the movie. Mine, nice. mine is like the next year, I think, and it's yeah. a conspiracy theory. Ooh, a good Good movie. Which uh, I which I should saw, do that we, on this which show. I, absolutely. Which I saw in the theater, and I just moved. I didn't live in a dorm, but I moved to like California. Yeah. And I lived in this apartment anyway. And it was a movie. I'm gonna go see a movie. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll see Conspiracy Theory. And so uh, that that movie always is a soft spot in my heart because I'm like, yeah. I go and watch that. I think my dad helped me move down there, so I, my dad and I went watch Conspiracy Theory. And he, I think both of us were like, <laughs> that was fine. I, I have like, grown, nobody nobody I have left grown Conspiracy. To really, really like that movie. But nobody left Conspiracy Theory going like best movie of the year right, no. or anything. We all just left going like, sure. That filled that filled the space it was supposed to. Yeah, but yeah, I have, I, a, I have the same. I have a feeling. I like that movie more than this one. Sure, but, I have a similar uh, sort, of, sort of story like that with the where uh, the, this uh, where I. But it was, was New Wave Hunters Twelve. <laughs> no, I, my, I was recovering from knee surgery and it's I watched this one. movie called Misery. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, <laughs> uh, ratings. Uh, two and a half Juds, mm. but that's a two and a half like leaning towards a three. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is a po- it's a positive two and a half Juds. The movie's not good. I think it's interesting for reasons stated. Uh, no Douglases. No. No. I don't it's even, really scanty Douglases. They don't even uh, talk about women. The only woman they talk to is uh, Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin and, 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 they all, and she just totally emasculates them verbally every yeah. single time. So Ball busting hair. Ball busting bitch. Thank God for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one dead John Crook. Oh, one dead Crook. Dead on the field. Slashed to death by Robert De Niro. Uh, I never knew who you were, and I still middle of a gonna, rainstorm. I'm still not going to look it up. <laughs> He's the grossest baseball player of all time. Well, maybe I'll look famously it up. notable also for being forthright about his battle with testicular cancer. Oh, well, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but I, I believe he played for the Phillies, so fuck them. Yeah, well, it was the it was this uh, the Phillies went far for the Phillies, so that this team got very famous, and they were all like dirt bags, right? And then well, I mean, John, they are from Philadelphia, and, so. yeah. And, and so I think that, that's why it kind of clicked with people. But John Crux like a was like a fat, <laughs> He's like, a fat he, molded piece I of think shit. He might have even smoked cigarettes like in the oh, dugout no. and shit. He was just <laughs> and a, he had like long metal hair and yes. stuff. Yeah, and this team also had, that's how I knew who he was Actually, in the movie. Okay, okay, I take it back. I am going to look up this guy because he sounds like my favorite baseball. Player. Oh, it's he's oh yeah, it wouldn't be a bad call. 
The team also had this guy named Len, he, Len Dykstra, no who was famously should have killed like, Dykstra. Put a con, like a in a comical amount of chaw into his mouth, like just like a uh, like a joke, like you would do for a comedy sketch or something, and was like the most hated people on like an absolute terrible human being yeah. apparently by all accounts. Uh, is it my is it, my it's turn? Your turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I'm gonna give it two. I think it's probably worth lower than that, but it's just like that's some of those quotes that I read. There is just a lot of this movie where you're just like, Jesus Christ! And Benicio del Toro is fun, and the like the small part that he has. It's just like it's a fun movie. I, I enjoyed watching it. I just it is terrible and and at times embarrassing. <laughs> um, um, yeah, zero zero Douglases, Naria Douglas to be found, yeah. and something like uh, 15 to 20,000 bobbleheads that he has collected <laughs> at the end. A lot of bobbleheads. Uh, one, Judd. Mm. I really, really didn't like it. Mm. It's like, Did it's you like, give Bodyguard two? Shocking. Or one and a half? Yeah, two, one and a half yeah. to two. I don't okay. know. Okay, wow. I, 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 there's, I like, I don't know, this movie, that movie, like, I didn't think was good. This movie actively bugged me. <laughs> like, I just felt, I felt annoyed when I was able to pay attention to this movie. This movie, like, actively annoyed me and, like, numbed me into stopping to pay attention, to, stopping paying attention to it. So, it was, that was kind of, so yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like this movie. I'm not, not a fan. Oh. Uh, zero, zero Douglases is no. There's it's practically anti yeah. sex talk in this. It's like there's no I mean it's about athletes and there's not even any like good like locker room talk yeah. that I can think of. Can yeah, you guys does, think of does anything? Does Wesley Snipes even like have a girlfriend or anything? Does he, anybody have a girlfriend? We see that he slept with somebody one night. Like, right. He, oh yeah. There's like a naked. There's like, there's like an Asian chick in his bed. Naked lady. Yeah. Oh. And that's it. And then he go, and he, it's just immediately to him talking about baseball. Business. And she looks she looks annoyed. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ugh, this baseball. But talk. still, but still, like even that scene, it's not like a, yeah. So there's that, uh, and I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of, ten out of ten, uh, ten out of ten. What do you got? Flayed tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> that is flayed for, for ten out of ten. Flayed freezer tattoos. <laughs> yeah, the movie doesn't. The movie doesn't like that. It, it just jumps to that. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. And yeah. I remember the. And, it, and I've only seen this twice, but I remember watching it the first time in the theaters and going, "What?" Yeah. And then having the same reaction this time, like, "Oh." What? Yeah. He cut this weird. fucking skin off? Yeah. yeah. And you, I mean, I feel like that, like, once it's doing that, I'm like, ah, now I wish this was a different movie where, like, he was, like, killing a bunch of baseball players the and tattoo cutting, harvester. cutting parts of them off. Or, like, that they, that they, that like, would at least be something. That they built to, and then, like, like he's, he's killing all these other players so that Wesley Snipes is the best player, which no. he kind of does, but, you know, I don't know. There's he's something. He's cutting but, all of their body parts off so he can reconstruct <laughs> Christ. <laughs> But as a baseball as a player, baseball so he player. can reconstruct himself as a twelve-year-old little league player. Oh, Christ is resurrected, and he's playing for the Giants. <laughs> get, like get Christopher Lambert on the case. Yeah. No, <laughs> this oh, is the, the worst, most disgusting worst thing, thing I've ever seen. There's a thing where this, this, his favorite Stevie. baseball gets run over by a car in the <laughs> most graphic way possible. Steepy, what have you done? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no, Steepy! <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Officer Ren. <laughs> Where is my ice cream? Bar? Beat this guy to death, you piece of shit. He's building Christ out of dead people, you asshole. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. You idiot. Nothing in my job has prepared me for this. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, we did it, guys. Uh, what are we doing next? Are we doing I the the, the built for tough next? We are doing. Oh, built for tough. <laughs> that was Cody's well, suggestion, I believe. Uh, well, well Maybe done, it was Cody. Mike Flynn's. I don't know. Somebody's suggestion. Built built for tough. <laughs> one of, I don't one know of our one of our many fans. I don't remember <laughs> uh, if we're doing the same titles they suggested, but we're doing the Devil's Own. Uh, frantic. Like Harrison Ford, we're getting frantic. God, I don't want to do frantic. <laughs> Harrison Ford, I'm getting frantic. And Firewall, which is, God, one of the most boring movies <laughs> so you'll bad. ever watch. <laughs> I think they're all going to be oh. varying degrees of I mean, frantic, frantic is, will be interesting. Frantic has quite the devoted following, but I have never liked with it. With wow. Firewall, we get, to get, we get to jump back into tech thrillers for a uh-huh, second here. Uh-huh. Oh, thank God. Stupid, and stupid the dumbass own, early 2000s tech thrillers. The Devil's Own is a return to our man Alan Pakula. His final Man, work. We're going to get to watch Brad Pitt be boring. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and do an accent. I'm so not going back. This will be a great episode. <laughs> Look forward to that. <laughs> Speaking of great episodes, uh, if you go, if you sign up to our Patreon, mm. um, we have another target that we're aiming for, 75 yep. uh, Patreons, which have been a crazy number for me to consider three months ago, but we're not even that far from it right now. Nope. Uh, so if you sign up for the Patreons, if we get to 75, we are going to do five... More De Palmas, right? five, five De Palmas. Five more fucking De Palmas. Yeah. So we did five Douglases. Two episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it'll probably be broken into two episodes, and we did five. Uh, I don't know if that list is right now. Yeah, we changed our we minds. changed it to Carrie. We're going to do Carrie. Carrie instead of Scarface. Ca- yeah. uh, Carrie, Mission Impossible. Mission uh, to Mars. Mission to Mars. Casualties, Casualties, of, Casualties war. of War. Yeah. And, and his then, new and, and, then and his we're gonna, new novel. And we're going to we're gonna read the fucking we're gonna novel. Review, we're going to review De Palmas' new book. Yeah. yeah. So, so sign up. Sign up. Then we, you'll make us all have to read a fucking book. <laughs> it's, it's only like 200 pages. It's like YA I know, novel. But still, time. my God. What we what we do for our Patreons, we love them. I mean, uh, Travis doesn't even know how to read. I don't even know how to. I'm going to have to learn how to read. Can That'll you imagine? That'll be fun. Oh, it's so hard. Uh, yeah. Art. 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 Unk. 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 <laughs> That's Travis not reading. Uh, everybody, everybody, rate us five stars on iTunes and uh, review us and all that follow shit. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter and keep being nice. Everybody, keep being fans of us. Uh, sign up for a Patreon for sure. There's a lot. There's like 15 episodes on there already. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's good. including now's, the most recent one, which I thought was great. I actually listened to the whole thing and it was still funny. Uh, ba- ba- the Batman's yeah. and now's, yeah. now's, now's, a, now's a good time to sign up. Uh, it's coming up in October, so we're probably gonna do some uh, horror stuff. Uh, the next one we're doing on our Patreon actually is uh, we're. Uh, Your one, favorite. One, I've been, one I've been wanting to do for a while, which is uh, we're finally going to tackle uh, Howard. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck is what I mean by that. And then, uh, yeah, so we're going to probably do some like some scary some scary movies for the uh, Patreon for October. Yeah. And then, um, anyway, but uh, yeah, so sign up for that. Only four and a half Douglases a month is the best deal in town. Um, and keep on listening. Until next time, the suspense is killing us. Bye. Bye. Bye.